going on, Jose? Like he showed Jose showed up. There's a couple people that's in here right now. Uh, he's in here. Mark Hansen. Shout out to the three of y'all who are actually in here on the site on stereo, unfortunately. Um damn. I, I hate and love that, but they, they gotta get their shit together. Um every other update it's good or bad. Um the most recent one, I've been getting the reconnected issues. And then after the issues I get with that. Would you say another update? I can hear you, but you you cutting it still. I and I hear you going in and out too. What the hell is the problem? Yeah, it's stereo. Yeah, it's stereo at this point. But I'm assuming it's going to fix itself. So I'm gonna just shout out everybody. Two C Bug three eleven eighty four six ten Uncle uh, it's Uncle Mark Hansen and Jose the hype. Jose, I, I sit there, I listen to the shows, man, doing amazing, doing amazing. Um, I need to start listening to some more people on here, honestly, but I just, I don't be having the time. Uh, us, pod, be pod, and if we don't, we don't try to connect, so. Yeah, you keep going in and out for me. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna see if I, maybe me. let me close out and then come back. Give me one second. All right, let, let's see if this is it. All right, now I'm in here. Um, no, you, I like you have the hiccups. Yeah, that's what you're like. It, it sounded like every other word. Yes. Yeah, is it still doing it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely but They really ain't got a choice but that. So um, I'm not pressed about it. Um, again, I'll do more shout outs. Uh, Meg Spicy. Chris is in here. Sound of the uh, called Chris. So. Shout out to Goddess 40, Nathan Perryman. Yeah, to have a very interesting discussion tonight. Um, the reason why I want to go directly in is because, honestly, at this point, I don't really care about the listeners. I just care about the content at this point because Stereo is just fucking with the numbers anyway. To them, though. Um, Shan, do you want to lead us in immediately? Yes. Um, give me just a second. Let me get my iPhone. Okay. Well, I guess for the people, who, people that are in here, um, Stone, everybody, anybody who's in here right now, I want y'all to leave us a voicemail to start the show. Well, y'all to just know, let us what you, you know, let us know what you're doing tonight. Drinking, again, again, RT. I know the playoffs and stuff are on. What y'all got Saturday live while we record on stereo? I want to know y'all. I want to get to know you if I don't. So tell what you're doing. Leave us a voicemail to start us to get the flow going. More Introduce yourself to the like, I don't, but y'all don't. So he's going to leave a voicemail. And Meg Spicy, I'm hoping that she leaves a voicemail as well. Nathan Perriman, I don't know who, but I hope he leaves a voicemail. Joe Holder, I bet, going to leave a voicemail. Uncle Dub, I don't know who uncle you are, but I'm hoping that you leave a voicemail as well. So go ahead and hit that button. Say something. 10 seconds don't even matter. Just say something. Introduce yourself. You are now listening to Loud Mike. Okay, so I text you what I'm thinking. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see. Is it still sounding that bad? What yeah. we can do is... It's the other word. So this is what I don't want. I don't want us to do it and then it's choppy, choppy. And you can't do now, that. Now, have you... Oh, hold on. Let me see. 
maybe if you know you go close the app again and then I'll close the app, but I'm gonna play the voicemail just to see if maybe the audio from them is messed up as well. And if you guys are listening, let us know how the audio sounds. If it's bad, then it has stereo. So I'm gonna play the voicemail, it works out. What up, man? It's your boy Stall. You know what it is. Forget that yo podcast. And uh, right now, man, I am uh drinking and uh watching these here playoffs, man. I hope uh the Baltimore Ravens go ahead and pull it through, man. You know what it is, bro. See now I can hear his voice smell crystal crystal clear. Shout out to Stone for being the amazing guy that he is. Shout out to forget that yo podcast. Um Dennis, are you back? Yeah, but it's still it's hiccuping. Okay, give me one sec. Let me try something. Okay. Is that better? Okay. Well, I don't know. You got to keep talking now. See if it does it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I changed my headphones, so hopefully the headphones, no, it's it, it will be like that it comes to audio. Is it yes. still hicking up? Yeah. It's not you. It's the app. That's why yeah, I'm wondering now, if we just push the show back to 9.30. I mean, we can if we need to and just tell people to come back. Um, issue is people are in here now. Um, but let's... Now, how about them? Leave us a voicemail and let us know, like, is the audio coming out choppy on your end? Like, when yeah. you hear us, like, do we sound choppy? Because it just might actually be us. Um, it might be our headphones. It might be, like, our audio. But for some reason, like, Using the phone. Like I usually do. I'm, I have headphones. You said you don't have headphones? No, I'm just using the phone like I usually do. Oh, it's just like you might every, have, it's like you might you have talk. to use headphones though. I've never had to use headphones. I never had this issue. Oh, okay. Well, let's see what the voicemail say because we got plenty. Here we are. Yo, your shit is hella choppy, bro. Mm-hmm. See? Okay, so it is choppy. All right, so what I'll do is what we'll do is back at nine thirty. We will get the well, show going well, again, hopefully. Ladies, and then we'll come back. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna just play the last four, and then we'll be back at nine thirty. Hey y'all, what's up? I'm in here. I'm gonna tune in uh, for a little bit for tonight. I'm not doing anything actually. I'm in the house. There's really not much to do with everything going on. So, I mean, I feel I'm safest inside. I'm a little bored, but that's okay. So, (laughs) that's about it. I'm not drinking or anything. I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. (laughs) Okay. So, shout out to Meg Spicy because you're keeping it spicy. That's crazy. I don't know why this audio is so bad. Hold on. Like, I wish we sounded um, like It'll clear up, and then it'll go out, and then it'll clear up again. So, uh, I say just keep going with the show. Mm. See, like, I couldn't even hear his voicemail. Like, it was going in and out for the voicemail. Yeah, that's why I know it's not us. It's the app. Yeah, Jesus. Must be everybody on here trying to climb the leaderboard. Too many, you know, too many <laughs> AOL chat rooms on this thing. Everybody in here recording, trying to, you know, get up on that leaderboard. And they like, you know what? We can't handle it. Stereo, right. I need y'all to get y'all weight up, man. Right. I need y'all to get y'all weight up. No. Now, ironically, the moment I said stereo, now the shit doesn't sound choppy. 
Listen, whatever they need to do, because I checked to see if I needed to update it again, but ain't no update. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, that's it. crazy because right now you sound completely fine. You sound completely. The moment we mentioned stereo, now the shit working fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well, was, <laughs> that's some crazy shit. So pretty much, whenever something go wrong, I'm gonna just say stereo, and hope <laughs> it gets fixed. <laughs> like a black mom, be like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. That that is crazy because now notice it's working now. Like Stone said it wasn't working, now all of a sudden it's back working again. Still yeah. gotta get this shit together, man. They fucking it up. Okay. Now watch. Now watch. It's gonna start with going. No, actually the audio is perfect. I can hear both of you well. Very well, I mean. See, see. Oh, see? Look at that. So it's not us. We just blame everything on stereo. Like white people do us. Like we're just gonna blame I it on them. Um, we're just gonna blame it on it's a little choppy it's not bad but it's not every time you speak either it's like sometimes but it's on both ends it it's a tad bit choppy but it's it's probably clear by the time y'all listen to this message i don't know okay so look at that shout shout out to make spicy being amazing let's see let's just yeah. And then here comes the, here comes the choppiness again. Stereo. No. I need to figure it out. See, Stereo. now you Come sound on. perfectly fine. Y'all are clear. All good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna keep going. Um, and then I guess we'll just do with it what we need to do with it. This is loud mouth stereo chopper style. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, a, it's a chop that screw episode. Listen, you gonna chop chop. All right. Well, guys, my name is Sham from She Gets a Podcast. That is Greg from Young Black and Bothered. We are here to do a show, Loud Mouth Stereo. All right. This is where we give you content, we give you laughs, and we tell you exactly how it is. Please follow Young Black and Bothered on all of your podcast platforms. And please follow She Gets It on all of your podcast platforms and on twitter if she gets a pod uh, on mm-hmm. twitter it's al sharp tongue ask greg about that yes indeed no actually okay. don't ask me don't ask me <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me i was a whole once upon a time so okay. don't ask let me change the title for the show tonight because people be on okay. here yeah um, while i'm for anybody that is listening right now live on stereo, we are about to fuck your ears. Have you ever had your ears fucked? If not, this podcast is sponsored by Fuck Your Ears because we are about to give you some vital information. More importantly, we're going to have some questions for y'all and we want you to answer them. Um, me, I will probably have a drink or two throughout the course of the night. So if I say something to offend you, I probably meant it. Uh, but I apologize in advance. So you can't tell me I have to say I'm sorry because I'm not. Um, in saying that, though, Shan mm. is going to actually start opening the show. You know, she already did that at the point of us talking. But there's going to be so many controversial things that are said. You're going to feel like you're in a clubhouse. You're going to feel like you're on Twitter. Uh, more importantly, I want y'all to be the driving force on this show. So yeah. there will be a lot of voice notes. There will be a lot of conversation back and forth between us and the listeners because we have a lot of questions specifically for, you know, people who are multiracial, biracial, because this is what it's going to be. Um, Shan, do you want to take it over from here? 
All right, y'all. Tonight's show is called Convincing the World You're White. And this topic came up because Greg sent me an article and it was basically about a young girl who was of African-American descent. Was she mixed? Greg? Greg? Oh, wow. It cut, oh, it cut out again. It, it definitely cut out again. Was she mixed? Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to catch it and it was like, okay, like it just ain't gonna say nothing. Happy treat me like an ex girlfriend, man. Like, Greg, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I can hear you, but it keeps cutting out. Was the girl mixed in the article? I believe that the girl was mixed in the article, yes. So, it, so Greg sent me an article about this girl, um, that was like a teenager and she was of a mixed um race and. She was predominantly around white culture, white people, and she went to school with majority white people. So she kept trying to convince herself that she was white, that she fit in, and there was no difference. But clearly there was a difference because she was being disrespected um, through her features and her looks among her white peers. And she was trying so bad to fit in she was trying so bad to um, do the things that they do, uh, carry herself in that way. And she was the article was basically talking about the battle she had growing up um, and getting older, trying to convince white people that she was also white. When in, in fact, she wasn't I don't feel like she was exposed to her other mm-hmm. um, side, which is her. African-American black side, if you are in America and you partake in those terms, nobody, I don't think she had enough exposure. So I don't think her parent who was of a different race that was predominantly black took her around black people that looked like her or taught her how to take care of her hair. I don't think she had enough of a balance of black friends or other ethnicities for her to feel comfortable in her looks and her features because realistically um, you don't want your child to ever dumb themselves down or completely ignore a huge part of who they are and um, it was three things for me that I took out of that article was one this shouldn't even be a thing if you're multiracial You shouldn't have to convince anybody that you're anything. I think it's fucking rude. And two, why do you need to prove anything to anybody about who Mm -hmm. you are? And three, having no real solid ties to one specific group as far as your ethnicity is already a challenge when you're multiracial. So uh, just imagine being surrounded by only part of you and completely ignorant to the other part of you, but you look different. Your hair is different. Your body is different. Your lips are different. And then you have people around you that are supposed to be like your friends or your classmates who are making fun of you in a way where you don't even know how to defend yourself because you don't know what that sounds like or looks like. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I've heard people say things like, you know, Black people don't understand me and white people don't accept me. And it's not just one person that's told me this. It's always been a thing. 
Um, so when I saw the article, not only was I like really offended, like I was offended in both ways. I was offended one at her, but I was also offended by like all the shit that she had gone through in the article. So the article was from the Huffington Post. It's called, I spent 35 years trying to convince the world and myself that I'm white. Though I was half, the way she says, she said, though I was half black, I was hell bent on being seen as fully white. Then everything changed. Um, just right there from the article, the fact that she's still trying to convince herself while writing the article of what she is. So you live your entire life not knowing. Um, your, your parents can't tell you. You can't convince your friends. You can't convince your peers and things like that. Um, if you saw the photo of this woman, you'd be like, oh, she's like a full-on white woman. Like to the point where, you know, she has the blonde hair. I feel like, you know, like the, what do you call it? Like the salt and pepper, like the blonde and brunette type of mix. She looks like a white woman. She looks like, not she Anne like Hathaway, but with like thicker black people hair. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, she has two sons. So she has two sons, both ages two and four months, right? Mm-hmm. They look completely different from each other. Um, I guess her husband is a white man. A uh, white man. Yeah. Um, the kid, the boys. I guess the two-year-old looks more white than black, and then the four-month-year-old looks more black than white. So it's right. something that is going to continue going down that bloodline because of the fact that I mean, her herself, she's half white. So right. the way it triggered me was because my daughter is biracial. She is a black woman, but she still has a white mother, if that makes any sense to anybody who isn't familiar with what that means. Um, they usually tell you a drop of black and you are black. That is the rule that I've applied to things. But I also acknowledge the fact that her mother is indeed white. Um, mm-hmm. Now, it's cute when they're newborns, when they're you know young and things like that. But reading articles like this make me question what my daughter is going to have to deal with when she's 9, 10, 11 years old. Will she feel like this? And she can't come to me or her mother separately. She has to sit down with us together and try to figure out, like, what am I? And, you know, how come when I go to the playground, like, you know, I'm accepted by the white, you know, kids, but the black kids look at me differently. Um, You see it every day on Twitter. You see on Twitter, you know, there will be men and women alike of all races. They say things like, oh, well, you know. You, you know, y'all mixed or you, you what is that word? Uh, mutts and shit like that. So, yo, like, yeah. How disrespectful can people be that aren't, it fucks with you? And for me being a full black man and I'm, I'm looking at it, not in just defense of my daughter, but these are things I was thinking before. I'm like, there are a lot of our people. So let's start there. There are a lot of black people that I know that yeah. have this like identity crisis when it comes to being light skin versus dark skin. Um, yeah. If, if you're, if you're dark skin, you got to be the right dark skin. You have to be, you know, cute and dark skin. You can't just be dark skin. Um, when it comes to being white, uh, I'm sorry, not white, or like, you know, light skin, if you want to call it mm-hmm. that. It's like, oh, she light skin. She thinks she cute. Or, you know, they yeah. must have good hair and, you know, light eyes because, you know, because they're light skin or because yeah. they're biracial. Here's the thing. You know, me, when, you know, my daughter came out, I will fully admit I was honestly confused about the eye color because my wife's eyes are like very light mine are mm-hmm. just normal ass brown so i was like i'm hoping that my daughter comes out with just like regular brown eyes and the reason why i said that was because i don't want her to live up to that stigma forever of well she just cute 
because she light skin and she got, you know, she got these like green eyes, these blue eyes and shit like that. That was something I always told myself, I'm like, yo, like, I cannot convince myself to actually, you know, like have that conversation with my wife. She's never heard me say that. It was just something I always battled with because when I talk to friends, when I talk to people just out and about, the way that they talk about kids, it's like they are breeding. Yes. Like, oh, I was like, oh, I have to find me a man who they got to be six foot one and they got to be light skinned. They got to look like Michael Ely and shit like that. And you're like, yeah. but why? Why? And they're like, oh, well, because, you know, me, I have light brown eyes. And if I date somebody who has light brown eyes and our kids, they might have gray eyes and shit. Like, that doesn't matter. You're and sexualizing your fucking children. That's just, that's not how genetics works. Genetics will completely yeah. skip appearance. And pull from the great great grandparents, and that's what your child would look like. Even for me, both of my kids' dads are American raised, American born, quote unquote, African American. In their background, do they are they mixed uh, with different ethnicities? Hell yeah, because we know um, Black people's history in America, so I can't be ignorant of that. But at the same time. When my children were born, they look like they're they could possibly be um, from a mixed background. Could be Hispanic, could be um, black somewhere, could be white. Like I've had people argue me down in public and tell me that one of my children's fathers had to be Mexican or Puerto Rican. Her father's not black. Mm. I've had, I had, especially with Aria, my three-year-old, people tell me that, oh, her dad is white. Or they'll whisper at the daycare, oh, her daddy must be white. No, her daddy mm. is from Milwaukee, okay? He is very black, okay? And yeah. this is the thing, like, you don't choose the features that your kids have. You know, my their dads are not very tall, but when I look at them, I know that they're going to be super tall. My dad was 6'3", okay? Maybe they took some of his genes um, within their DNA. You just never know. And so to pick people and assume that your child is going to have those features is very stupid mm-hmm. to me. And ugly people come in all races and sizes, okay? Uh, yep. Cute people come in all races and sizes, so that's very ignorant. And then for you, Greg, what I worry about, mm-hmm. because we do live in America, is... You know, your daughter growing up and you decide to take her to the park without her mom. Mm-hmm. And because yep. she looks of a different race and a different background and people wouldn't automatically assume that you are her father. They're going to try to defend her by not letting mm-hmm. you walk away from a park. And that's the scary yeah. thing to think that a black man cannot have a mixed child and complete strangers at a park especially women who feel like they have to defend everything all the time at the wrong Mm -hmm. time will not let you take your child from a park and just imagine how many black men have a a different race child at a park because i've never seen someone come to the defense of a a child that looks black leaving with a different race but when it comes to a child that does not look black Leaving with someone that is black, especially a man, they're guaranteed there's gonna be some cops called. Yeah. Well, for me, like I'll say this. Um, first and foremost, I'm gonna just start by saying um people with ugly spirits 
historically want to have cute children. Um, <laughs> I wanted to just lay that out because it, it's the truth. Think about it. Like wh- when you when you see people on Twitter and they're talking about their likes and their dislikes and how cute a kid is and why the kid is cute. And then they compare like, oh, well, you know, at least your baby wasn't ugly or at least this, this, this and this. I'm like, yo, you have one of the ugliest spirit. Like your spirit is just fucked up. Now, I don't know too much about the, the term vibrations and all that that like, you know, the people on here talk about when they're very like spiritual. But for me personally, when I see people do shit like that, I'm like, I know your spirit is ugly. Like you couldn't be that. So you want that. And then as a result, it's just vile and disgusting to see people talk about infants and toddlers and children. Yeah. Anybody who's not an adult that way, but then you have to think about it. They do the same thing with fucking adults. They be like, "Oh well, you know, I can't fuck with you no know, light skin dude because they soft, or you know, I can't fuck yeah. with you know this girl because she's too dark skinned Like, but it it only started happening because of social media. Now somebody will fact check me and say, "Oh, it's been happening for a long time." I'm sure it has, but social media me, does, does make it bigger. But it's really been a a measuring stick for the times of slavery um it's been a measuring stick for like if you work in the fields or you work in the house it's been a measuring Mm -hmm. stick it's still a measuring stick for if you could be the face of this company if you could be the secretary um do you have a nice voice what does your hair Mm -hmm. look some people for jobs will tell you please send in a picture with your resume Mm -hmm. well think about it how many people right now that are listening live on stereo or on the podcast when they drop, um, how many people have been told that you have a white voice or you sound white over the phone yeah. or you, you, you're perpetrating or you're putting on a front because you're around white people and you sound differently. You're not putting on a show. That is just what you are. It's not the environment that you were brought around. That is just you. You don't have to go to a private school to speak proper. I went to public school all my life, but I know it's not code switching, but I know for a fact when I'm around certain i won't say certain people but when i'm at work i'm going yeah. to talk like the education that i have now when i'm on twitter when i'm on the podcast i can talk my shit because nine times out of ten i'm drinking yeah. or you know something like that but when you know your money is on the line you're going to act accordingly so that's different yeah. i'm talking about people who on like these social platforms and people out in public you'll see people you know talking to their friends and stuff like that I'm like girl why you say it like that or they're, they're fact checking people by like clubhouse for example on Clubhouse, mm-hmm. everybody is all of a sudden like, you know, super proper and super like, because they're putting on. And I know this because anybody who knows Clubhouse, you're like, okay, you don't have to do these things. Now, if you're educated, cool. You can be educated, but you can still know who you are. You don't have to start trying to use these, these TIS words in order to make yourself sound like something that you're not. You can have three degrees and all that. Right. But, you know, I want to just go back to the point that you were talking about, um, about being at the park and stuff like that. Me as a black man with a biracial, a black daughter, so to speak, um, Mm -hmm. just being a black man taking a walk with a stroller, I'm scared. Oh, yes. um, I I didn't get this. uh, um, Like, you know, my wife and I, we go on walks together. Cool. But one day I said, you know what? I'm going to walk the baby by myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just happened to be a windy day. and we're out of town. So we're out of town. I'm walking the baby. You know, there's no sidewalk. So it's just like street, street, you know, whatever. And one of the, the neighborhood, like, police officers just drive by. And, yeah. you know, this a- this area is predominantly white. So yeah. I'm walking, you know, the baby in the stroller. And mind you, you, s- you know, you see the stroller and you're just like, okay, like, 
they're not safe, but it's, at the same time, it's just like, okay, they're just walking kid, right? Yeah. But you see me, a black man, walking with a fucking stroller. You slow down. You mm-hmm. slow down, and you're trying to, like, they didn't ask me any questions. They didn't pull me over or anything like that, because at that point, it's like, all right, now you have to start dealing with, like, actual law type of shit. But yeah. that vibe that I got from the fact that they slowed down, and when I turned back around, they were still going slow. It wasn't like, okay, they slowed to just get around the stroller and I. They yeah. slowed down and then they continued to slow down to make sure that I wasn't doing something I had no business doing, even with the fucking stroller. So when you're talking about going to the park and stuff like that, that's what I'm scared about the most too. Yeah. It's just honestly just being around my kid in the mall going Christmas shopping when she's no longer in a stroller. And people are like, okay, well, why are you walking around with that little girl? You know, right. she looks like yeah. I'm just like, what, what the fuck? Like, or, one, or why are you- she becomes a teenager or a preteen. Yeah. That right there, I'm not, I'm not even mentally there yet when it comes to it because people that I've talked to, they pretty much they've been trying to put me two years ahead of where I'm ready for when mm-hmm. you know when it comes to being a parent. I've, I mean, when how can I put it? When my wife we found out we were pregnant, well, when she was pregnant, they were yeah. like, oh, well, make sure you got your diapers, you stock up and stuff like that. I was like, okay, cool, but you know, you're not ruining the experience. But now that she's like about to be six months and everything, people are preparing me for shit when she's like four or five. I was like, okay, yeah. I just enjoy right now. And they're like, well, you know when she turns four or the terrible twos. And I'm like, oh, like y'all are actually sucking the fucking fun out of being a That's parent. That's why I tell people in um, Cozy Room Podcast that the polite thing to do when people have a new baby is to shut up. And if they mm-hmm. ask for your advice or your opinion, that's when you give it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I want to hear from a couple people because, I mean, this is going to be one of those topics where I'm not going to speak much because I want to hear from experience. I want to hear people who are biracial, um, you know, in interracial relationships, people who have children who just might not just be black or white or brown. Like, mm-hmm. how do you like h- how do you deal with that? Um, the reason why is because of that article, man. Like, it's more than just you being an adult and feeling like all your life you were never like what you thought you were you know you you were never biracial i just want to hear from everybody else so i don't know if you want to start with these voicemails or not but yeah how come so many y'all using the n-word but you still want other people to use the n-word because you are offended by the n-word but you use the n-word which is then circulating the n-word that you don't want circulated supposedly shut up next voicemail I don't even want to get into that. Did he steal a baby? Oh my God. Somebody call the police. Somebody call the police. But that's the mindset that people will have unless something changes to be like, that's a completely unnecessary. No one mm-hmm. should have to prove that this is my child at a park. Because parents, when your child starts going to like a daycare or getting like pictures for like those holidays and stuff that'd be mad expensive. Mm-hmm. Yo, they, oh, let me. But before they, you go to the next one, uh, yeah. Before you go to the next one, I'm gonna just make a really quick point. Um, everybody, you know, like they know that I'm in an interracial marriage. They already know we got an interracial baby. Um, Christmas was the hardest. It was the first hard test for us. We thought going into the mall, we can go and get like a Christmas ornament and shit like that. Um. For me, I knew better because it's like, okay, we, me as a black person, my family couldn't find black ornaments for years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So imagine now trying to go and find a family ornament with inter, you know, an interracial family. 
like, you know, black dad, white mom, something like that. Right. So my wife is like, well, is this the only kiosk that, you know, has ornaments? And she's, she's offended. Cause she's like, you know, why aren't, you know, why aren't there black ornaments? Why aren't, I was like, you know, wife, like these are certain things that like, Listen, you, you with. why you will never find Shaniqua on a keychain or on yeah, a mag. So- like they don't cater to that thing, which is a niche. There needs yeah. to be, uh, more diverse culturally magnets, keychains, and mm-hmm. ornaments. Let's even go as far as um, the wrapping paper. There is a black company that has a black Santa Claus, black L's for wrapping paper for gifts. But the reality is this people are more biracial than they are black with black and white with white these days. And exactly. that is exactly. And exactly. It's oh, no, good because there's an avenue for that for people. But what I was saying earlier is you get an identification picture card for your kids. Mm-hmm. But by law, you don't have to walk around with that. But it sorts it sort of feels like when it comes to um men and their biracial kids, you're you're kind of going to want some type of ID proof that this is your child when you're out with your child until this of ignorant changes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I want to hear these fucking voicemails. I'm I'm sure the guy, I can see he made a couple voicemails, so I'm sure they're going to be very disrespectful. So just don't get blocked, sir, because I got my itchy trigger finger and I'm ready. (laughs) Nappy stole my baby. N I double G. Yeah. Okay. Done. You are yeah. done. Mm-mm. Yeah. So I wanted to touch on something really quick because um, you you brought it up about you know just like dolls and stuff like that. So not dolls. Are uh, you like keychains and things like that? So I wanted to touch on dolls. Um, having a daughter, you know, or having a kid, you get excited. You start like going into the, you know, the aisles of the store that you never went to when you didn't have kids, like the toy aisle and shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how hard it was, you know, for young girls and parents of young girls to actually shop for them. Um, yeah. The baby dolls specifically, um, I'm sure now people buy them on Amazon and things like that, but. But they're super expensive if you want it to be different. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the first thing we did before we went to Target was, you know, I signed, you know, the baby up for American Girl. Uh, you know, I always told myself if I had a daughter, I would do that because, you know, like American Girl just seems like something that a, a little girl would want. Um, they want their American Girl doll. They want to talk about it, stuff like that. Um, but then some of my friends, when I told them on Facebook, they're like, man, kids don't play with dolls anymore, blah, blah, blah. I was like, then why? The, like, what the fuck do they play with? They're like, ta- like tablets. I'm like, OK, no, we're not doing that. So I go to Target. And I look at the baby doll section. Um, what pissed me off the most wasn't the actual dolls that they had. It was the layout for it. So yep. all the black dolls were behind the light-skinned dolls. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting there. I was like, wait a minute. Like, you know, you, ha- you have the one light-skinned doll, but then you have 12 dark, like my complexion dolls right behind yep. them. So I'm, I'm sitting there. I was like, okay, like, did they just purposely just do this wrong? Or maybe, like, they just... All the same dolls, because just put them for all in box line. Stores like that. They get a CAD layout of how all mm-hmm. the product is supposed to be on the shelf. So it's the companies telling them how they would like 
the items laid out. Same thing with the um, the pictures on the box. You would never see a commercial for a toy or the box photo of a toy to be anything of a other race of a um, person other than a white baby doll. Mm-hmm. You, unless you're predominantly a black company that's selling dolls, because I had to go to a dollar. I had to go to a dollar store to find a ten dollar um, inexpensive Barbie that had the kind of hair that was curly and puffy like my daughter's hair for them to have a Barbie that kind of looked like them. And it's not made the best because they are still struggling to get the funding for their company to put it into their product. Unlike a company like Barbie. And you would think Barbie would have more dolls that are more diverse with different kinds of hair and they don't. Yeah. I just, this is like really heavy to talk about. Uh, I'm I'm sure somebody else is listening. They're probably like, how in the fuck do you, you know, two black people talking about a topic like convincing the world that you're white. Here's the thing. We're not trying to convince our, you know, our world and you guys that we're white. We ain't. The yeah. issue is there are people that are us and they're trying yeah. to convince the world that they are white. And yes, yeah. you may have white in you, but you also are something else. Right. There's nothing wrong with being something else. This, so this why article, I really struggled this is why I really struggle with people saying, Yay, we have a black president. No, mm-hmm. Obama is biracial. We have a biracial president. Mm. Okay, because he cannot annihilate the fact that his mother is not black. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I and and saying now we have a black president really doesn't put a dent in our problems. So why is that the first thing that you want to say? Because America really finds comfort in what a person looks like to represent what they're doing, saying, and and wanting. And we have to stop that. And we have to start seeing people's character and the actions and what they're doing, regardless of color, um, for whoever as human beings. Because I think the whole society hanging on to the the the, the thread of we now have a black president. I feel mm-hmm. like black people got laxed in policies and shit that needed to get done. Mm-hmm. And I think that Obama. glorified Obama because he was of a biracial yep. background. But when you see him, you see a black man and they got all lost in it. And mm-hmm. they assumed everything was going to be great and dandy because it looks like we got a black man in the White House. But really, shit got really ugly because people are pissed off that this is the representation of America for those years. Yeah, which which is so, it's so crazy. Um, like right now, with the social climate that's going on in the world, um, you have a lot of divide, you know, racially. But more importantly, you have a lot right now, at least with the capital situation that happened and the racism that came beyond, you know, even beyond that. Um, there are a lot of races. There are a lot of white men and women and people that mm-hmm. absolutely hate black. They, they hate that. Mm-hmm. My issue with this is usually that same group of people who hate black people, they have biracial grandchildren. Yeah. They have biracial children. They have biracial family members. Um, I'm going I'm to read a part of this article because the way that she described her family in this article, 
the first thing I thought was there has to be at least one in that family who just, I won't say they're racist, but they just don't have a fucking clue what she's going through. Because if they had a clue, she wouldn't be going through this. She would not be on Huffington Post making this article. So she said, I had spent nearly two decades as a girl who was half black, but hell bent on being seen as fully white. From exactly my hardly white America, there was a minimum threshold that a human had to meet before the rest of the society even considered whether the person could be cute, beautiful, sexy, professional, and successful. And that Mm. threshold was white. The way I saw it and the way the world made me see it, if you didn't look white, well, then you better hope to have had some super talent at something that white America valued. Um, That... I think that's how a lot of people feel, Mm -hmm. but especially when it becomes like, you know, an interracial thing or a biracial thing or anybody who's just not white. This isn't a knock on white people for anybody who is listening and is white. This is not a knock on you. Do not get offended. You need to hear it. Um, One of your own, someone who is biracial is saying like, that's how they felt to be included in your mix. They had to be you. Like when I say be you, they had to actually form into a white person knowing that they were biracial. So this this woman went, you know, she went to Syracuse, uh, Syracuse University. She went and straightened her hair. Her hair is naturally curly. All her baby pictures, hair is curly. Um, but what pissed me off the most is the fact that her family, she was adopted at birth by her white parents who went on to adopt her white sister and her four black brothers. Not mm. once did she say in this entire fucking article, a discussion was had about who y'all are, why y'all aren't us, and more importantly, like, we have four black, you have four black brothers and one white sister, but there was no sit down saying, you know what, here's the differences between you two, uh, I'm sorry, you all rather, and this is why you are special. You're not different, you're special, and you should be appreciated, but don't forget who you are. So she grew up her entire fucking life in a multiracial home, and she still ended up like this. This so is said, my responsibility so. when it comes to adoption, and it's such a, um, a scary thing to raise a child that's clearly a different culture background and racial background um, than you and to completely um, ignore it. Okay. Because you're going to leave a lot Mm -hmm. of room for difference. And I have a lot of biracial cousins and nieces and nephews and um, they all had to deal with some level of racism from grandparents, from uh, parents, and they still stuck to like, this is my family. I'm going to do what's best for my family. And if I have to move from being around you, I'm going to move from that. And the racism is not only from white people. The racism mm-hmm. is from Asians, is from sometimes yep. Hispanic. Um, uh, a lot of times, uh, Indians, um, from India, when they come here and they have businesses and they automatically assume if you make any, um, certain movements in their store, you're stealing or you're thinking about stealing or you look like you steal. Or I saw a lady come in that was short and she was black and I think it's you. So I'm going to assume it was you. So I want you to leave my store. And it's that ignorance that we have to stand up and say something because they do not shop at their businesses in our communities. We do. So if you're racist, 
this to the people that you want to purchase your products so you can keep your business afloat, then we need to have a discussion. And if you don't want to have mm-hmm. a discussion about how you're racist and unjust about the people that shop at your store, we have to stop shopping there. <clears throat> because because when it comes to our, our kids and the, the kids at the school, if if they are not having a conversation with their kids, whatever their kids are assuming is right, they're going to tell your kids when you send your kids to school. And as a black person being around majority white kids all the time and not seeing yourself, that's rough in itself. You need to see reflections of yourself in other people. You can't be going to school and focus on being a all around good student or individual when you're constantly being scrutinized about why your hair is like that, why your nose is like that, why your skin is like that, why your um, lips are like that. You know, what, mm-hmm. what, do your, what do the people around you describe you as? You're going to start to internalize mm-hmm. that, okay? And, you know, are mm-hmm. you to one side of who you are? And there are some predominantly Black people who are so mind-warped to assume that they are not who they are in the mirror. They have no connection to any type of African-American descent. They are this because they say that they are this. And there are people from a Caribbean um, life and and culture, my culture, my family, um, older folks, even now that can go on the internet and see that these things are not healthy, who are still bleaching their skin because they feel like light skin is better than dark skin. Yeah. And I still, I still, um, one more thing, I still, as a mom at 33, when I take my kids to a bookstore, when I take them to a library, and when I take them to the store, people assume that I'm their, their nanny or um, their babysitter because my skin is not like theirs. My hair is not like theirs. Mm. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's different levels of disrespect when it comes to skin color, hair, and features that children all across the board, I don't care if you're biracial or not, have to deal with, but there's an appropriate way to ask, you know, where are you from? Where is your family from? Your child's hair is beautiful, or you Mm -hmm. you look like a family. You don't have to be ignorant to and be like, is your mom white? Is your dad white? Is this your mom? Oh, who did your hair? Or so pretty. Mm-hmm. Like a way to do it. And a lot of people do it in a condescending way. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like, you know, my entire life, like my hair, when I had enough hair, because, you know, now I'm, you know, a parent shit like that. I ain't got the length of hair I used to. Uh, but my daughter hair is different. When I say different, that shit is different. Yeah, that thing um, look like tiny wig, honey. <laughs> a- exactly. And <laughs> You, you know she she's going to have to deal with that shit. You know like that. it's going to be from her own people. She's going to be at school, and there's going to be some little kid that is hating. Um, because instead of saying, you know what, I want to be friends with that little girl, I'm going yeah. to try to pick on that little girl because her hair is cute. Um, yeah. she looks she's light skinned These are things that you know our kids are going to have to grow up with. Uh, that's why you have shows like uh, what was the um the show with the I forgot what it was. It was like the bullying show that was on Netflix. Um. 
was it like 13 reasons why something like that all, yeah. all those shows all the stuff that happens um the suicide rates and things like that is because most of the people who end up being bullied in these situations it's because of like you know other people just hating them and they don't understand them but a lot of the people that are bullied and tortured and things like that the reason why they're bullied well not the reason why but why they're being bullies because they don't know how to interact back with them they don't know how to say you know what this is what i am i am black but i am also white and you end up having that situation like that article where that girl i guess the way that she wanted to phrase it is yes i am a white woman but i am majorly black no you are a black woman or a biracial woman if you want to call it that and you have both white and black in you because the entire fucking article and I'm sorry, I keep harping on it. was the fact that she said white more than she said black. And when she acknowledged black, it was always I'm half black. But when she mentioned white, it was I'm white. It's like, so it, it can't but be both. You are either. But though, because she majority, she was submerged in whiteness. Yeah. And, I feel you like know, if she had the balanced amount of blackness, she would claim it proudly and confidently as she did white. And that's why it's so important mm-hmm. to have balance i'm probably prejudging here um i'm going to assume allegedly um the reason why she had so much hate and vitriol in that article and why she was so confused wasn't because she didn't know how to interact with white people or black people because she does that very well she speaks like uh, a a true champ Mm -hmm. but for her i think it was the fact that she was adopted she knew for a fact that her family you know, was both white and black and they gave up on her. And when they gave up on her, she, instead of saying, you know what, both parents gave up on me. She defaulted to the black side of it. That's just me personally guessing. Because whenever you see stuff like that, it's like, oh, this kid is put up for adoption, something like that. We're instantly thinking, oh, well, they're black. or And even if they're white, they're like, the only reason that they did it was because of something. That's something that white people get. They get the, you know, the right of passage message of oh well you know you you put your kid up for adoption oh well that must mean that you didn't you know you had too many things going on in your world and you know you you didn't have anybody to help but if a black woman was to say the same thing it's oh well you just didn't want to take care of them and there's that difference to me personally it's always a double stipulation especially like if a black person is an addict you know lock them Mm -hmm. up they're horrible they're horrible people scum but if it's a white person that's an addict let's get them all the help let's send them to rehab no time in jail uh, forget their crimes and just like focus on them being a better person because they're going through something there's always that double stipulation i think if a black family adopted her she would not have those issues growing up mm-hmm. because she would have the proper <laughs> i think when when it comes to anybody having a biracial child, um, how you make sure that your child is confident and, and comfortable are through these five E's. The first one mm-hmm. would be to their culture. The second one would be experiences of being immersed in their culture or being around people or seeing other black people um, talk to each other or um, just take them and travel with them have explanations for things. The third thing would be yeah. examples of, you know, 
This is what you wore when you were this age. This is who your grandfather is. This is who your aunt is. This is who your cousins is. The fourth thing will be explanations on why your nose is like this. Who in history had a nose like this? Who in history had hair like this? Mm -hmm. My hair. Let me Google how I do my hair. What products do I use? I can't go in this aisle and get infusium in my hair. I need something thicker. I need a thicker conditioner. I can't use this amount of conditioner in my hair. I need more than just a dab of conditioner in my hair. I can't wash my hair every day. All of that is important to who a woman or a, a, a son becomes as they get older. And lastly, education. You have yeah. to stop saying, I don't see color. Yeah. Everybody sees color unless you are colorblind and you don't see mm-hmm. all the colors, but every, everybody sees color. Stop saying you don't see color because you don't want to talk about racism. Yeah. yeah. The pe- every time I hear somebody say they don't see color, it's because they're picking a side for the moment. It, it's the equivalent of when people say, you know what, if Obama could have ran for president a third time, I would have voted for him. It's that type of shit for me. Um, obviously, I'm not like everybody else, but that's just how I personally see things. When people are like, oh, well, you know, you, you know, black people, they can be racist, too. I'm like, can, can you explain it to me? Can you explain how? Well, black people can't. They never we can. This. We can say all, all white people are the same. All Asian people are the same. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to deal with them. We could do that. But we can't be racist mm-hmm. because we have a constitution that is built on racism moving a whole country on how they make laws policies and how they treat us in the public eye and how we are described when when suspects are involved bingo bingo i i really want to hear from some people man. like honestly i want some questions i want more questions and you know stories because right now, you and I, we can talk to a blue in the face about this. Um, you know how I feel about it. You know my stance on it. And I'm sure you have your stance as well. But anybody who is listening, like, I, I want to hear from y'all. How do y'all feel about this? Um, more important, just, like, just speak. Because th- this shit is so touchy. And I know we're about to go into, like, a whole year full of, like, bullshit coming from, like, 2020 with even more, you know, bullshit that happened then. But things like this article, the discussion of convincing the world that you're white. Have you ever had to be put in a position where you had to convince the world that you weren't what you are, that you weren't black? Like, did you have to put on the voice to talk to the Verizon lady in order to get better service? Did you have to, you know, talk proper? Or if somebody has ever said, why are you talking this way? Like, that is considered convincing the world that you're white when you're not. So I want to hear from y'all. Like, please leave us some voice notes. I think we got some if you want to play them, Shane. Okay. Hey yo, for real, baby girl, got the smoothest lace front wig I've ever seen, son. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got dibs on her hair first, okay? I'm a, I'm a Man. sport that wig, okay? This gonna be nice. Yo, cute I don't know what. I don't know where the fuck that hair comes from. I'd be sitting there sometimes, and I'd be like looking at her. I'm like, oh, like is this my baby? It better be my baby because she got my eyes, she got my eyebrows. But this hair, we, we got, I told her, I was like, yo, I don't know how to braid that shit. Like, I know how to braid regular hair, but this baby hair, I'm like, yo, you might be in a ponytail until you're like 26 and can do it yourself or something. Like, about it. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I don't think black people can be um racist. Black people can be prejudiced. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. But full on racism, hate somebody because of the color of their skin. No, we might you know judging people absolutely. But after being judged, you know, I'm 30 years old. I've been judged. I've grown up in white neighborhoods. I live in a white neighborhood right now. I am from Alabama. You know, I've experienced some shit, okay? Prejudice can happen, but I don't think black people could be racist. Yeah. Right. Absolutely agree. I, 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 Absolutely I just think agree. that if you have a child that is biracial or is not being raised by both of their um, parents who are of different races, you have to get family involved that looks like them, sounds like them, mm-hmm. and talk to them about who they are. You have to go on playmate dates who with people from that ethnicity so mm-hmm. you can broaden your 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 knowledge of how to do your child's hair, how to you know moisturize their skin, what products to put on them how to uh, take care of them medically because different ethnicities have different diseases because our genes and our DNA is completely different, okay? So you can't be ignorant to the child that you're raising. And you have to travel with your kids. You cannot be like, okay, I'm from New York. I'm from the Bronx. I was raised in the Bronx. My children could be raised in the Bronx. We're not moving nowhere. We're not traveling nowhere. We don't need to see anybody. This is what the world is. That is not what the world is. And when you travel and you take your kids with you, they'll be less ignorant. Okay? You have to read to your kids about different cultures. You have to let them try different foods. It, no, nobody said like you have to obviously culture you have to culture your kids that like you're saying you definitely have to culture your kids um i didn't think of half the things we're talking about now until your show until you know cozy womb and more importantly just talking to you as a parent i went into this being like you know what i love the woman i love we're gonna have a kid cool um yeah. then little little stuff started to like swirl around the toilet bowl and it's like okay like what like what hair products is my baby gonna have to use um just because you know just because she's biracial or interracial, you know, whatever, like, because of the fact that she's a black woman, but she's light-skinned, like, she's still got to use lotion. Um, She's not going to use just regular, regular, like, lotion. She's going to be using, like, cocoa butter, some shit like that, because that's something that I know. Now, somebody's going to be like, well, why she got to do things because you're black? Why can't she do things because her mom is white, right? And that, that could be fair. That could be true. But also, her mom can do certain things that she cannot do. Like, her mom can literally get out of the shower and air dry. She can go and do shit, like put certain chemicals and stuff in her hair that my daughter cannot. Mm-hmm. And that's just not something that, you know, it's a black or white thing. I just know for a fact her, she can't do it because yeah. I can't do it. And half of her genes are in me. Um, same thing with like allergies and things. All that stuff like ties in. Right. But j- just like over the course of, you know, obviously the clubhouse situations that you and I talk about, the article that, you know, we talk about but just like in general the the fact that i get really upset about it it's because of my daughter i'm like okay if i'm upset about this shit and i know i'm upset not only because of my daughter how the fuck is she gonna like navigate through that now like how's she gonna navigate through people just hating her because she's light-skinned or hating her because her mom is white um how are they going to how is she going to answer that more so because she's going to have to start early. Like she's not going to have to be like, you know, a white person 
in the aspect of, hey, I'm white and I'm cool. Ooh, I can go with my white friends. I can go to the playground with my white friends. There's always going to be an explanation as to, hey, is your dad black? Or, hey, is your mom white? Um, what race are your parents? And, you know, even like with the hair thing, like you and I, we all know like the hair, it, it definitely looked like a fucking wig. But people are like, oh, can I touch your hair? Like, and she's going to deal with that forever. So I guess like I, I kind of set her up for, you know, I set her up for that for sure. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I definitely have to apologize listen, for that. But Listen, I deal with that in my house and no one in here is uh, first generation biracial. And I say mm-hmm. it like because if you if your family was predominantly born and raised here or their other parent was born and raised in America, there was someone sleeping with someone that produced a child that was biracial at some point. So mm-hmm. who is actually all the way African born and raised in America? Nobody. Who is exactly yeah. all the way white born and raised in America? Nobody. And, and it goes on and on and on with other ethnicities. And we have to stop being ignorant to that. But even for me, yeah. I spent hundreds of dollars every three to six months on hair product because all of my children's hair is different. My hair is different from their mm-hmm. hair. Anya's hair is different. Aria's hair is different. And I have to spend that money on product. And a lot of it is hit or miss. So yes, Greg, you and your wife are going to go through a phase of trying a product. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Trying this, this yep. doesn't work. But when you do find a product that works on your child's hair, that's what works. That's what I use. And I don't have anything to prove to anybody on mm-hmm. why I look at my child's hair. And I think it is going to be really beneficial for your family to also talk to your wife about how to do her hair and do it in a respectful manner and vice versa, because. I feel like the more people are knowledgeable about other people, the better that they'll be. It's not about one being more important and the other not. She has to equally have the balance yeah. of, you know, teach me this so I can teach you this. Mm-hmm. So, so but, let me ask you, um, when it comes to, I guess, like to tie the whole topic in about convincing the world that you're white are we really convincing the world that we're white or are we just convincing white people that you're, you know, that you're white? It's, it's the world because <clears throat> white, uh, uh, black people are just as ignorant as white people sometimes about what you look mm-hmm. like because when you're multiracial, you don't get to pick if your hair is going to be straight or curly or puffy. You don't get to pick if your skin is going to be light or semi-brown or toasty looking you don't get to pick if your hair is going to be long or short you don't get to pick if your lips are going to be full or thin you just don't get to pick but what we all have to do is be able to talk to both families about their history be transparent if your child wants to ask you why do i look like this why isn't my hair like you know sarah's hair or samantha's hair or you know, why can't I do this? Or can I say the N word? That's a whole discussion mm. thing. Um, you, you don't have to, you don't have to agree to be half of anything. You can just tell people that mm. I am a human being and my parents happen to be this. 
You know what I'm saying? And if you don't know the other parent, there's nobody telling you that you can't get to know someone that was of the same ethnicity as your actual parent. It could be a complete stranger. It could be a mentor. It could be um, your best friend to teach you about your culture. You know what I'm saying? You can talk um, to the people that you love and the people that love your child about what about your child that they love that makes them so different. I love your nose. I love your hair. I'm, even for me, as a mom, I'm always having to pull one of my kids aside or tell them both. And while they're in the same room that I love this about you, Arya, or I love this about you, Anya, because sometimes kids can automatically develop a self, a self hate because they feel like, you know, I wish my hair was straight. Everybody with curly hair always wish that their hair was straight. Everybody with straight hair always wish that their hair is curly. That is just a fight when you're a girl that you have all your life. For me, I always wish that my hair was thinner and just straight and I really didn't have to do anything about it. But the reality is when my when I grow my hair longer, I've had my hair long and a mohawk completely off down the middle of my back. It's a process. If I wash my hair, I know mm-hmm. I need four hours to get my hair to be able to do what I wanted to do so I could go outside. If If a child that is predominantly white and has two Anglo-Saxon parents, scientific, I can wash her hair, I can blow dry it, and we can be out the door within 20 minutes. For Arya's hair, I can wash Arya's hair, condition it, dry it, and be out the house in 15 minutes. For Anya's hair, I need an hour. And that's just the reality of it. We are all different, but we cannot be ignorant to what a child is and what a child sees. And we have to be open to having those discussions. Who in America mm-hmm. is 100% of one ethnicity? Nobody. Unless you're, both of your parents yep. came to Africa yesterday and you were raised in Africa and you just happened to come here for school and you haven't had kids yet. And then if you do have kids, you are purposely sourcing out someone who has both full 100% African parents and is African descent. That is the only way. And I'm not saying you can't do it. You can, but it's going to be like a needle in the haystack. Yep. That's just crazy, man. Like, I, I know, like, with everything going on, and people who are in here, they're like, oh my God, it's another, it's a, it's a talk about race, and it's a talk about this and that and the third. It's like, everybody's asking the wrong and doing the wrong discussions that I've seen, at least when I'm well, you know, do black people hate us? I'm like, no, we don't hate y'all. Like, it's it's not about you. It's not about us. It's the fact that, like, why? Like, why are we even having to give you the obvious? So when we're talking about convincing the world that you're white, you don't have to. Like, for me personally, I don't want people to have to convince you of what the fuck you are. Because convincing means you actually had to talk it through to somebody who you should just be able to say, hey, you know what? I have a white mom, a black dad, so I'm biracial. And it shouldn't be that simple. It shouldn't be a, you know, a questionnaire that comes after it. Or, you know, you don't have to feel when you leave that conversation, like, you know what? Am I white enough? Am I black enough? Like, what, what did I say? What did I do to convince them that I wasn't who I am? Like, it's not, you're, you're not doing identity theft because you are you. Right. And I, I know I keep harping on that article. I'm sorry. Like, it, it hurt me so bad because... 
I was reading the article as I was holding the baby. So I'm like reading this article. I was like, let me send this shit to Shad because I wanted to go that night. I wanted to show like that day because I was so frustrated. So I'm glad that like we took some time off to not talk about it because mm-hmm. now for the rest of my life, I got to deal with, you know, I'm sorry, like that sounded wrong. Um, for the rest of my life and my child's life, like I have to explain to her that, you know what, no matter what people say about you, you are who you are and yeah. there's nothing that they can do about it and there's nothing that you can do about it and i I just don't want her to do things that i've seen recently that i own when i say our own people talking about like black people have done to try to make themselves white like um who who, who was it um like summer walker remember like she did the whole thing with you know she got her nose surgery and things like that and this is recent in recent times we've had our race try to go and look like white women or in this case armenian women like the kardashians and shit like that because we and the talk about men we like black women yeah but and that's what that's what's so scary is the fact that like you know we have us men who we go and we tell women the things that we like and the things that we want and they go and actually go to do these things they want to go get these big like elephant trunk asses they want to have small noses. It's like, oh, your, your, the rest of your face is not proportioned for your nose. You cannot fucking breathe with that new nose. That nose, it's not even the nose. It's the bone. It's the structure for your nose now because you chopped it off. Like, you, you have to go and be something that you're not. And here's the thing. You do it and they still won't accept you because now your own people won't accept you and then the person that you did it for don't care. They're just looking at you like you fucking foolish. Think about how many women right now they spent you know, they took out loans. They went and got these big, these really big fucking asses. And they can't maintain that shit. So they got to keep going and getting surgery after surgery and all this other stupid shit. And it was because they were trying to convince the world that, you know what? My little butt didn't matter. You know, I, I want a big butt. Why? You you still going to shit out of that shitter the same way you've always shit. So why do you need that big old butt? No, I'm sorry. I actually said the word shitter. That probably is the first time I've ever said the word shitter. Jesus. <laughs> That's how old I am. I said shitter on a podcast. I said shitter on a goddamn podcast. Good, good, good grief. But I guess, you know, uh, a long story less long. Me, when I see things like this about convincing, like I, I just don't want my daughter, at least, to have to feel like she has to convince people that she's white. Because you could just say, you know what? I, I'm me. I'm biracial. I'm you know, I'm black, but I got a white mom. Or honestly, just don't say anything. You don't have to explain nothing to these motherfuckers. Call daddy. I will shoot him. I'm, I'm completely fine with doing this shit. I'm, I'll go to jail for the baby. I will do that. Mm-hmm. What we're not doing is co- convincing people that you're white. Yo, that lady upset me so fucking much in that article, man. So much. I get it. She was adopted. And, you know, she had four black brothers. Not one of them said, you know what? It's okay to be black. We black too. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, at not one one point in that article, though, Shan, at one point in that article, her white sister, she never mentioned her. So, you know because, what? My white the, sister and I, we get along. Most of the time, white people don't feel like it's their job to make sure that you are <laughs> comfortable in the skin that you're in. Because they <laughs> never had to ever deal with being uncomfortable in white skin unless a white person predominantly goes to a all black school, which does happen. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll find other black people who are mad that 
this white person knows slang, knows how to carry themselves in a quote unquote black way and talks like that and they're offended. But can you actually be offended if this person grew up in this community, went to elementary Mm -hmm. school, college, and this is who they were around? They're going to talk like that. So people just Mm -hmm. have ignorant on both sides because society will judge you no matter what. You just have to make sure that child is comfortable in their skin. And for you, Greg, with your wife, something that you're, you're going to have to discuss with your daughter at a certain point is what are you putting on the paper when I, when she fills out forms? What does she put on the, because not every document gives you the option of other or multiracial. When I went to go purchase my gun, it has white, black, Asian, Hispanic. That's it. Mm. That's it. And you have mm. to pick. So, so it's just stupid to me that we're still marking race through color for white or black. And then everybody starts having like their ethnicity. White and black is not mm-hmm. an ethnic, but white and black yeah. is controversial that nobody wants to get into the the problem of the fact that white and black is only described for white and black people in America. When you go outside of America and black people from different places, actually where you're from and you say Mm -hmm. black, they're going to laugh at you because they think that you don't know who you are. You have to say, Mm -hmm. Oh, my parents are Jamaican or my parents are from Ghana or my parents are, from whatever, like they expect for you to know your heritage and your culture. You cannot say black yeah. outside of the United States because you look like a fucking fool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. Like, you know, I went on a job interview. This was maybe like two or three years ago. I was really pissed off at my job. And one of the one of the guys that was there, he was trying to fill out his like thing as well. And he said something to me. And I never forgot it to this day. He, he was, I want to say he was like biracial as well. Um, I just didn't want to question him. So he says, he was like, yo, I don't know what to fill in for the racial box. And then the receptionist, she goes and she says this. She says that other gets you in the door, white gets you the offer. Once mm. she said, I said, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I, mind you, I'm in there to get a job. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. What so when she repeated because you know how some people are on they work like they just who they are naturally. So imagine the black receptionist, she says, other gets you in the door, mm-hmm. but white gets you the offer. And the only reason she would know that is because you're the first person she sees. She she's she's pretty much the face of the office as a black woman, but she even knows when they have those interviews and you're coming in there for that interview, if you're white, you pretty much got the job. But if you mark down other, they're going to be looking at you like, hey, uh, good luck on that callback. Listen, let me tell you something. bogus, man. My name, my name, when you Google my name, you'll see a whole bunch of Russian white. So when I put my name on my resume, I feel like with my credentials and everything, that's what gets me those callbacks for an interview. No one ever Mm -hmm. gets to know if I'm black or not until i step into that interview 
And a lot of companies, especially if they want to get grants and awards at the end of the year, is how diverse that company is. So sometimes mm. when you see them hire a bunch of Asian people or a bunch of Indian people or a bunch of black people is because they're trying to do a checkoff list to be a part of this group at the end of the year for this company, because this is a great place to work because we're very diverse. But when it comes to your, your um, raises and when it comes to you getting in leadership positions, they will skip your Mm -hmm. ass. They will skip you for the person that they just hired two months ago, because that looks like that's right for our company. They look like Mm -hmm. they represent, our company better than someone of a different race. And this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's why on, on uh, applications, they say, what is your ethnicity? Because they're looking at their percentage of Asians, blacks, whites, whoever they're trying to hire. Do we qualify? Do we have enough of a balanced percentage? If we don't, let's go ahead and bring somebody in. It's mm-hmm. not because, That's because you could do the job. Yeah. Like for me, like I've, I've worked at plenty of jobs and you know, I've even worked some temp jobs. And one of the temp jobs I worked at, um, it, it was just really weird because it was a mailroom job. It was just standard mailroom. You deliver this package, you deliver the mail, you do FedEx, UPS, shit like that. Right. Um, the the guy, I'll never forget him to this day. He's probably one of the, the inspirations for me. So he absolutely hated when people called it the mailroom. I can't remember exactly what he called it, but he had to fight with management over the fact that it was called the mailroom. So I asked him, I was like, what is wrong with it being called what it is? What, you know, which is a was like, when you think of the word mailroom, you think about it being the black job. And I was like, what do you mean the black job? And mind you, a black man is telling me about that and I didn't even know it. But then I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Every other place I've been to, like when I look at the mailroom, it's usually, you know, black men around my age mm-hmm. and there's no, there's no growth there. It's you're yeah. at the ceiling. You, you are there. Like there is no, you know, mailroom clerk too. There is no administrative, you know, executive mailroom guy. There, there's right. none of that shit. You, it, you're pretty much mail guy. And if you try to go and grow from within, you're always looked at as well, we threw him a bone because you know what? He made the right connections in the office. Yeah. And what one of the guys that was working with me at that time, he the only reason he got up, he told them that he no longer wanted to work in the mailroom because he didn't want to be seen as just like the mail guy. And mm-hmm. it, it offended the rest of the mailroom team to the point where they didn't they stopped talking to him because they were like, wait a minute, like you made the connections with the rest of the company. And, and you know, there was a job post and you went and got it. And he was like, I had to pick between my salary and my friendships. And I'm like, is, were you? That is a whole nother show, Greg. That is the crab in the barrel effect. When when people that look like you get mad because you want better and they feel like you're shitting on them because you want better. That's not what we're doing. But we have to get to a point where some of us just want a job. Some of us just mm-hmm. want to. And some people that look like you want to elevate out of just having this because they know there's more to life to have this. And this is what I'm willing to work for. And this is what I want. And screw whoever makes you feel bad for wanting something more. 
Yo, now, I, I, know, I know we got to get to the voicemails. I know we got to get to the voicemails. I just wanted to lightly touch on this, and maybe, you know, so, you know people will have voicemails about it. Um, the whole $15 an hour thing. Um, I saw more of our people mad about $15 an hour saying that. It, it, why? Um, why are we taking $15 an hour? Why aren't we getting more? More importantly, like, just, just arguing about shit. There was a dude that we talked about in Clubhouse who was like, you know what, if, you know, him as an Amazon package worker, you know, he sees somebody that is, you know, regardless of the race, they're making $15 an hour. They don't deserve that for flipping burgers and shit like that. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, yo, it'd be our own people. It'd be us. <laughs> because nobody. Hey, if I see a black person at McDonald's and they flipping burgers, they can't make no. the same amount that I make packaging shit up at Amazon. I'm like, people that so up their food, they will go pick up their food from the person that they're cussing out and treating badly and thinking nothing's going to be wrong with their food. I don't do that. Exactly. It's tripped me out because here's the thing. Then, you know, I felt like an asshole because when he said that tweet, I typed out my response and I left it as a draft because I was like, you know what? I just I don't want that energy. So when he had said, you know, me, I work at the Amazon regional office and, you know, I'm getting more for making packages and stuff like that. So I was like, wait a minute. So you put the shit in the box and then you take the shit that's in the box. You tape up the box and then you put the shit on a shelf or whatever. And that's that. But you're saying that your job is more important than somebody that got to stand in front of people with attitudes all fucking day because you put a pickle on their sandwich. You're, you are saying you're more important than people who honestly like the reason why they're working is because they have no fucking place to work. I went to Costco. I went to Costco two days ago and there was a white guy that I know for a fact I've seen him before. Like I've seen him in a suit. And when I say in a suit, meaning like I was downtown DC and I knew for a fact he was going, he had a job and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And to see him at Costco, I was like, okay, he must've lost his job during the pandemic and things like that. So we started to chop it up. So I asked him, I was like, you know, how, you know, how are things going? And he says, you know, everything is good. He was like, he lost his job obviously through the pandemic, but he was like, you know what? Like, I don't feel so bad. He was like, this actually gave me what I needed. I needed a reset and this works out for me. He was like, my family is still getting everything that they've got when I worked at my job. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. He was like, more importantly, I have more free time for them. I was like, oh shit. The fact, the fact that he spoke that up, I was like, I will never, I will never talk shit about anybody who works in the service industry and customer service and that like that. Because honestly, like it doesn't matter how much they make. As long as they can do whatever the fuck they do and pay those bills, I'm cool. So I was pissed off looking at that tweet later on that evening when homeboy was like, yo, like service workers shouldn't be making $15 an hour. He even said they should only make $7.50. What the That's fuck crazy. can you do with $7.50? Nothing. $7.50? Let me explain to you. My Chipotle bowl is $9 before Listen. the guacamole. Listen. $7.50? Come on, man. Come on, Judge. A thing. Oh, see, look, at, look at that. I done said too much. Goddamn voicemails. Mm-hmm. Google's got to poop myself. Hey, go away. Mm-hmm. Yo, I got a question. Does mm-hmm. the darkness of your skin define your blackness? Because being a light-skinned brother that I am, mm-hmm. I, man... It's it'd be a struggle sometimes, man. Like people ask you, like, yo, are you are you hundred percent black? Or oh, oh <laughs> nigga, you can't fight. No, just just you know, you know the stereotypes, man. So what do y'all think, man? Yeah. Like, does your skin color define your blackness? 
And that's that's what it is. And and I think as black people, we have to stop with that, too, because that does cut people. Because for for one of my um, kids, dads, um, jokingly, like we were we might like Joan on each other and, you know, he want to like hit play and we'll hit play. And then when I do it back, he'll be like, all right, all right, stop. I'm just like, why are you acting so like light skinned? And he was like, man, I ain't light skinned. And he got really offended, really offended. But the thing is, like, I'm not saying it as in I feel like that's a thing. I'm saying it just in a joking way. But sometimes when people grow up always being teased for being a certain type of color while being black, they 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 feel like they have to do more or they have to go harder. And I have to watch myself because I don't want my girls to be like for some some other kids to be like. What are you? You're not black. Mm-hmm. Your mom not black. Yep. Well, that's your mom or that's your dad. They don't even look like you. A lot of people for me, they'll they'll especially when I just had them, they would say, Oh my god, kids are beautiful. Hmm. Is their dad is their dad white? I said, No. Hmm. Hmm, I, know, I know you mad because they look like their dad. No, I'm not mm. mad because I know who I was having sex with. I took on the responsibility of what those features may look like, and I made a decision to have children with this person. So I'm not mad that they look like their fathers. Like, that is not something to be offended about. And that is something internally that all Black people have to figure out why they feel that way about themselves and why they feel that way about other black people, because we can't be fighting to be equal with other races Mm -hmm. while fighting to be equal among our own race. That's dumb. Bingo. Bingo. But play. Uh Oh, even more voicemails. Jesus. Play them. I mean, truth be told, whether your child is biracial or not, you have to explain that. So that's not like something that comes just solely because your child is biracial. The right. truth is, is that the racism exists solely because we still have to have conversations where we explain, hey, well, listen, you're black and you're white it, because people, your child never truly feels accepted. That, and that's, I'm not a biracial, I don't have a, I'm a full black family. Husband's black, my daughter's a black. Um, and, but even my daughters, they're two different complexions. I have sisters, we're all different complexions, you know, and it's, it's no matter the race, it doesn't matter. You always find yourself explaining these things to your children as they're growing. This is how confidence is built. You have to make sure that you're reinforcing the things about them that, you know, is beautiful or unique or just like everybody else is, it just naturally, it's going to be a part of life. Exactly. I agree with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this nigga just said shitter. <laughs> God damn. Listen, Greg, coming out words, I'm sorry. That, that was funny as shit, though. Because even I stopped myself. I was like, did I just say shitter? I, I just said shitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime I fill out what a form or something like that, and it asks me that question, I don't answer it. I leave it blank. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Unless you have... That's a good way to do it. Unless you have one of those computer forms that be like, 
you missed the question. Mm-hmm. And, and and I hate when the applications say this is optional, but it's not optional because if I don't do it right here, when you hire me, you're going to automatically do it. Yeah. But it's the thing. What, what if, in a small case, me being a dark-skinned black man, I just say, you know what? I wanted to check white because I wanted to see if I was going to get the interview just because I was white. And you can't check because company- can't nobody tell you you're not white. Exactly. Because, I mean, would- they did that a few years. Didn't they do that a few years ago with the whole the gender thing where it was just, you know, male and female and there was no other option. It was just male and female. So when they started putting other and non-binary and things like that, all of a sudden, you know, people were checking it. But then when you get to the interview, they, they can't call you out on that. So I'm assuming it would work the same way with like your actual ethnicity where you if I check white. They can't say, hey, by the way, the only reason like we call you're not white. I was like, I know I'm not, but my resume reads as if I was white. And you can hire me for that. And I'm sure they'll say, Oh, well, the reason why we do that is, you know, to make sure that we hit the metrics of, you know, black versus white. I'm like, do you know how many jobs that I've applied for? And I know for a fact the only reason I wasn't picked was because I checked black. I've gotten like emails nine months after I've applied for a job that I couldn't even fucking remember that I applied to. And the email responses, sorry, there was another qualified candidate. And I was like, yo, it was for an administrative assistant. There's no fucking way that right. an administrative assistant role, like y'all couldn't call back at all. So right. some, some things you just know for a fact is a lie. So lie back. Lie to they ass too. Next question. Listen, listen, I have a I have an old manager um that looks just black and his his family is from Honduras. And he mm. speak he speaks full strong Spanish, okay. Mm. And that's why I feel like putting black is so dumb to me because in all ethnicities, ethnicities other than white, there is always dark skinned people, and the darkest skinned people are always treated the worst. Even in Haiti, mm. darkest skinned people are treated the worst. Uh, Cubans, the darker skinned Cubans are treating the worst. So, like, there used to be um, dark skinned Asians, but white colonizers went into those villages and tried to, like, completely annihilate all those people. But there are history books on dark skinned Asians. Why do you think mm-hmm. a lot of black people have Asian like features? Mm. Like, you can't erase us. They, they just think, you know. I, I, I ain't even gonna make it to that type of show. I, never mind. Like <laughs> and that only matters for places, you know, that have a decent, uh, diverse demographic. For jobs where you might be looking for, where there are predominantly white people working there, you know, I mean, they don't necessarily have to worry about the diversity thing because the demographic of their town is white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get exactly where the previous dude who just said it. I get where that comes from because um, as a when I was younger, of course, for most of us, I was very light, like I was bright, and now I am darkish, dark brownish, somewhat black in some spots. But I was very now. I'm not talking about as a baby, as a baby fresh out, we're all pretty light. <laughs> I'm talking about when mm-hmm. I was maybe ten, twelve. I was very light, then I started getting my darkness in. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing wrong, no disease, no nothing like that. My darkness just started to set in. So I yeah. see we talking about about that because every time somebody sees somebody light skin, they automatically assume 
oh, he has to be, they, he or she has to be mixed with something. There's no way you're 100% mm-hmm. black. It's like the guy, the famous guy Trevor Noah, how he's light-skinned and from Africa. People don't believe it. People want to think he moved to Africa. No, he's born and raised in Africa. He's just light-skinned. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's least when, when people are ignorant to there are white Africans. Oh, so yeah, you were, you just touched exactly where I was going. So no, keep but going, keep going though. Please keep there, going. There are there are Indian Indian people who are Jamaican. Jamaican is not a a race. It is a culture of people who are born on the islands. There are white Jamaicans. There are. Chinese Jamaicans. I have a lot of Chinese cousins who are born and raised in Jamaica and they have children of a different culture down the line. So we are all diverse. That's why I tell people there's no way, even if I wanted to be um, racist, that I could ever be racist. I can be um, prejudiced. I can say, I don't care, you know, all this this race is like this and be ignorant, but I can't do that. My family yeah. is so diverse, it makes no sense. Yeah. You you nice to me. Here's the thing. I'm not arguing with white folks about shit. Like, period. Um, me being black and seeing the things I've seen, hearing the things I've heard, um, I've had people that are white that want explanations to things that honestly they're textbooks for. There's movies for. On, the reason why you're coming to me is because there's a march for that shit and you still don't understand at what point do you understand like we normal people on the street people on twitter on social media people that you don't know don't have to explain to you shit i don't get paid to explain to you what the fuck black lives matters means i don't get paid to go and tell you why the things you do are wrong i don't get paid to tell you that rachel Dolezal is not black. Um, more importantly, you know she's not black. You just want to waste our time with shit that you already have the information for. You just don't want to accept it. It's as if like you have revisionist history and the shit is going to change because you want it to. Newsflash, it will not. Because if that was the case, a lot, what, the 417 years, we could have changed that. Yeah. I-, I would love to change the fact that Macklemore won that Grammy. I would love to. Absolutely love to do that shit. But you know no, he was that Grammy, he know that was Kendrick's. Yo, and, and that's the thing. You knew for a fact that that was the reason why. To us, at least, like to white people, they'd be like, "Well, Macklemore, like he, he's pretty good." Name me Macklemore song that you have heard since. I'll wait. And that's why it is very important that we stop supporting these so-called music award shows that have a committee of people choosing who gets what award. When they don't even listen to the music, <laughs> they have, no, they I'm, have I'm, no, no type of inkling or or um, reason to listen to the music, but they're choosing who gets these awards. And these numbers are made up because companies will buy um, and download and they have bots that will download these artists' music so they can have these imaginary numbers as if they're the most mm-hmm. liked artists that year so that's why it's just be to me i got a hot take for you um this actually is going to piss off some pop you know somebody they'll be upset you can at me at young black pod on instagram don't at me on twitter because i will flame you but here we are um adele do you remember when adele won over beyonce and she knew she shouldn't have done that because beyonce's album was 
she um loved Beyonce when she went up for her award show. I'm just like, girl. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So she was pandering, right? At least to me, that was what I got. I got like, hey, you know, if I don't say this, then the black community is not going to start buying my albums and shit like that, right? <laughs> so that's what I that's what I assumed from it. So flash forward to tw- I'm sorry, yeah, flash forward to 2020. Everybody's like, oh my god, you know, Adele lost all this weight, and you know, pretty much Adele is no longer that Adele. She wasn't the socially acceptable Zell, you know, Adele with the album and shit like that. So now she got her a black man. She she out here wearing, you know, the you know, Jamaican flag. She out here going to the, you know, the Caribbean fest and things like that. You're like, oh, well, she, she got a little bit of culture, right? I'm gonna tell you this now. That next Adele album is not gonna slap. And the reason why it won't is because we will not accept it. We're still mad about the Beyonce but, thing, but on top but of that, it's Adele don't make money on albums. She makes money on mm-hmm. concerts. Her concert tickets are fucking mortgage notes you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that's where yeah. she makes her once she goes on tour she's out for like five years and she's gonna be back yeah, yeah but that's that's the thing like there, there are like for us we accept you as long as you accept that you are a part of the culture like macklemore he accepted that he was a part of the culture but is he disappeared after he got what he wanted from us like oh, yeah. i remember uh what's the dude post malone like i don't know what ethnicity he is i'm just going to assume that he's white um post malone he said once white iverson took off and he was making all those songs he was like i don't want to do rap anymore i want to focus on country music and you know everybody told him nobody wants to hear you do country music the only reason people fuck with you is because of the fact that you have adopted the culture and you know what he said he was like you know what i see where my bread is buttered post malone ain't made a fucking country song yet Mm-mm-mm. But the, the the difference is Lil Nas X, he can make a country song and it pops, it thrives. And then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna make a fucking rap song. I'm gonna come out as a gay man. I can do these things. The reason why he can do that is because not only does he accept the culture, the culture accepts him. But there are a lot of white people tying it back in that you know are pretty much convincing the world that they're white by whitewashing every fucking thing. Um, Taylor Swift, you know, she was trying to shake her ass in the Shake It All video. Ain't got no motherfucking ass at all. I'm still looking for it. I'm still looking for it. Um, Miley, Miley Cyrus, I think she's honestly, she's one of my arch nemesis because she was, Mike Will made it. She ended up making that fire ass album. I was like, yo, Miley Cyrus got, she got some bops on this goddamn album. And me, I, I, I listen to a lot of music. So for me to go out of my way to listen to Miley Cyrus, it better be fire, right? So I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, this album is great. And then the the Hemsworth brother, he was like, you know what? I, I can't accept that. You, you, you taking black dick now. The, the, the wedding is off. So the wedding was off. And then you know what she said? She was like, wait, I'm going to lose my white man. I'm going to lose my boo. You know what? I'm, I'm, mad. I'm not adopting black culture anymore. What she did was she started making country music. And what did he do? He took her ass right back. Because she had to convince the world that she was white again. Here's the thing. We can't convince the fucking world that we're black. But the entire fucking world has to accept the fact that they can convince themselves. And we, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, biracial people. We have to convince them that we're white. Why? Why is it always us doing the convincing? Because they never been in a... White people never been in a position to not have, to lose, or to be discriminated against or feel less than because of who they are by DNA. 
It's kind of like whenever I see whenever I see like white people do extreme shit for fun because they're bored. I said, this is yes. what happens when you as a group, as a people, you've never endured any type of struggle. You just feel like you're infinite. You feel like you have nine lives. Yo, that's why, and I'll say this, somebody's gonna laugh at me, but that's why I enjoy impossible white man movies. Like I've seen every Liam Neeson movie in the past ten years. The reason why he is because the same the, character in all of his movies, and I'm sick of it. Yo, I th- this man he went how, how the fuck in the first movie of Taken they took your daughter, the second movie they took you and your wife. They took you, nigga. You are the star of the movie, and they took you. Then the third movie they killed his wife, framed him for it, and for some unknown reason. He goes against the entire fucking government. Police officers, FBI, SWAT, the fucking Metro Police. He, at the end of the movie, he gets off completely fine. Didn't understand it. Then, nine months later, he took on a fucking wolf and a bear in a movie and beat them. I was like, yo, Liam Neeson, he, he is the impossible white man. So then after that, he gets on a fucking train. He, no, I'm, I, I, I lied to you not, Shane. Um. He goes on a train, goes on a train. I want to say the movie is about like two hours long. I don't know how you made a two hour movie on a train. He's trying to figure out who is the person on the train that has the bomb for two fucking hours. Now, here's the thing. The movie was absolutely fire. I love the movie. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to watch every Liam Neeson movie that has ever come out. So then I watched a movie called Unknown. Unknown, Liam Neeson goes and... He gets in a car accident, goes, I guess, like the car, the taxi goes into the ocean. The taxi driver saves him and the entire movie. He doesn't remember who he is, only to find out that he was a Secret Service agent at the end of it. I was like, okay, so he's definitely an impossible white man. So I was like, you know what? There's no way Liam Neeson can do any more fucking impossible white man movies, right? Then I look at Twitter today. Twitter's like, Liam Neeson's in this movie called The Marksman. And I was like, what the fuck is... The, the marksman what what the fuck is the marksman right now shan i'm gonna let you play this voicemail because i want to read the definition of the marksman after so go ahead and hit that button you know my wife is um it's from the island of saint lucia and believe it or not a lot of people from the islands love country western music yep my mom's yep. favorite artists are reba mcintyre why not Wyona Judd and um, shoot, what's the other person? But she loves country music. My mom, she loves country music. She loves old reggae music, and um, she's not really into R and B, and she's not really into um, like jazz or rap. She hates rap. Mm. So I'm gonna read this. <laughs> Yo, this nigga's wild. So. The movie The Marksman is starring Liam Neeson. Here's the movie info. It says, hardened Arizona rancher Jim Hansen, a.k.a. Liam Neeson, simply wants to be left alone as he fends off eviction notices and tries to make a living on an isolated stretch of borderland. But everything changes when Hansen, an ex-Marine sharpshooter, witnesses 11-year-old migrant Miguel, guess the race, Fleeing with his mother Rosa, again, that's the race, from drug cartel assassins led by the ruthless Mauricio, guess the race. After being caught in a shootout, a dying Rosa begs Jim to take her son to safety to her family in Chicago. 
After firing his cop daughter, Sarah, Jim sneaks Miguel out of local U.S. Customs and Border Patrol Station, and together they hit the road with a group of killers in pursuit. Jim and Miguel slowly begin to overcome their differences and begin to forge an unlikely friendship, while Mauricio and his fellow assassins blaze a cold-blooded trail hot on their heels. When they finally meet on a Midwestern farm, a fight to the death ensues as Jim uses his military skills and code of honor to defend the boy that he's come to love. I'm not watching it. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? Yo, if that's not an impossible white man movie, I don't know. <laughs> One person took, he took down a drug cartel. The only, you know what? I know what this is. I know what it is. Anybody right now that's in here live on stereo, y'all have seen the last Rambo movie, uh, Last Blood. The last Rambo movie, he had a like a Latin daughter or niece or something like that. She says that she wants to meet her father. She's never met her father and she's trying to figure out why he left. The girl goes and drives into Mexico from Arizona, drives into there. She meets up with her friend who told her, hey, I know how to find your father, blah, 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 blah. Drives into Mexico, meets her father. The father says, hey, no, uh, I still don't fuck with you and I don't want to be with you, right? Does this shit. And for some reason, her homegirl, who is basically setting her up, says, you know what, girl, why don't we go and we go and drink it? You know, we drink it off tonight. We go to a club. She takes her to a club. The girl gets drugged. She gets drugged and she ends up being like, you know, sex trafficked, right? Um, Obviously, Rambo, he goes into this town in Mexico and he's looking for it. And the entire fucking movie, he is taking on the drug cartel. Tell me that does not sound like the marksman. That's why we have to start watching the same fucking movie over and over again. Where are the new writers at? Where are the new directors at? Like, so many people have good stories. I'm tired of watching the same movie over and over again. But I am too. But the issue with it is it's just so like fucking good. How many times you gotta die hard, my G? Yo, but them diehards be fire. Oh, that's I'm telling you, there's there's no greater movie to watch when there's nothing on TV than impossible white man movies. I'm talking about Bruce Willis, Jason Statham. Honestly, I have not seen a Jason Statham movie the that only is not thing good. that I can watch repeatedly that is very white is definitely anything Dick Wolf because that man's mm. not out to entertain me with drama. Okay, mm-hmm. SGU, sign me up. Mm. Law and Order Crime, sign me up. Other than that, I'm not trying to watch nothing on repeat. So, a qu- question for you, and then we're going to go to the next voicemail. So, the topic right now that we're talking about is convincing the world that you are white. Do you feel like Vin Diesel is trying to convince the world that he is white? No. Now, the reason why I asked that question is because he has had 58 versions of Fast and the Furious, right? Yeah. Um, the reason why I asked specifically is because I've watched him drive a car while standing on it on a highway, on a bridge, and he jumped from the like from the car. He jumped from the car, jumped in midair, caught Letty from you know the Fast and the Furious movies. He caught her in midair from a car that was driving itself. Quarter in midair and then landed on another car on the opposite side of the bridge. No, I don't think he's trying to convince people that he's white. He's trying to convince um, other directors that he has um, levels of acting. But there's a lot of things that 
everybody has to stop assuming that only white people do because other races do them also. Like a lot of people thought and still think I'm very crazy because I enjoy skydiving. Not indoor mm. skydiving, but the real skydiving. And no, mm-hmm. I am white. Some I wish people I could skydive. Listen, some people are just willing to try something at least once. Um, that most people that look like them will never do. And it is okay. Mm-hmm. But we have to stop giving all the credit of their devilish things to white people. Because I know of a lot of friends who have, who are of other ethnicities that drive like they're ready to die. And I'm just yep. like, is your goal to be part of NASCAR? Because I feel like you need to make all the proper steps to get there. But I just want to get to my destination in one piece. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yes, indeed. Now, <laughs> you, you might as well play these voicemails because somebody, I'm sure, as long as y'all don't mention the, word, the fact that I said shoulda, please just don't mention that. <laughs> That's why you got to just start uh, caging up your daughters. There you oh, go. Yo, what? Do not cage up your daughters. <laughs> Do not cage That's up pretty your daughters. Are y'all a bunch of brothers and sisters out here? God, God damn it, where do I stop? Convince the world you I cannot. Oh my god, there's always one. Man, I thought. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm muting you by accident because I already knew what you were doing. Red finger, boy! That's my witty. My trigger finger, I told you, my trigger finger is itching. <laughs> you better talk to me nice. Oh my that. god. Talk to me nice. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. That, that's what we will not do. That's oh what the fuck God. we will not do. Mm-mm. But yeah, I think it's super important if you do have a biracial child to um, be open. Be open mm-hmm. and have discussions. Be preventative. Don't wait until something pops off in an ignorant manner for them to be aware of what to say what to do if this happens because I think a lot of people think oh I live in a nice neighborhood they go to a nice school um, they're on this team I know this family I don't think this will ever happen no those sometimes be the perfect situations for that ignorant shit to happen because people get comfortable in the things that they have in the places that they are assuming people won't get ignorant ignorance mm. will follow you everywhere so it is very important for you to, you and your wife to figure, be like, okay, so they're going to this daycare. They're going to be exposed to this music and other kids that mm-hmm. look like, what do we talk to them, to her about? She's going to second grade. They start looking at hair, shoes, music, um, clothes. Why you hang out with such, such? What do you eat? How can they say, um, you know, what are you eating without being ignorant? I talk to my kids about that all the time. So there's different levels of what you're going to have discussions with her about at home before she gets mm-hmm. out on different people and ethnicities. But so far, I think both of you are doing great. You have nothing to worry about. I think both of you are, are aware of what the climate is outside. But I think mm-hmm. it's very important to be um active and proactive when you have biracial children or when you just have children period about what is outside yeah i agree and i'm, I'm gonna do it 
But I'm gonna tell you this now, as, as somebody's father, as a girl dad, um, I am shooting people. I, I, I'm not doing the fighting shit at all. <laughs> I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I be telling people, like they be thinking I'm joking. I'm like, no, I will shoot you in the motherfucking foot. I ain't trying to kill you, but you you come for my daughter, like you know, there's that. Um, the reason why I say that is because I have a younger sister, and one thing that always sticks out in my head is. My mom took her to the playground and there was a little kid, a little boy that liked her. And mm-hmm. instead of saying, you know what? I like you. And I think you're cute. Yeah. He, he tried to bully her. So my yeah. sister is going down the slide and you know how when kids go on a slide, like they sit up, but my sister, she was getting her foot in together. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, she was next and dude, the little kid pushed my sister face first down the slide. And he was when slides, yeah, these slides weren't the PG 13 ones at all. That was the metal burning ones. Yes. So, like, she's sliding down there and she chips her tooth on the base of the slide. Mm. And my my mom, being, you know, who she is, shout out to Sherry. So, Sherry goes and takes the little boy up the, she takes that boy up the slide and does the same fucking thing to him. So, they both ended up having a chip tooth. And, the, you know, the boy's mom was like, why would you do that to my son? Blah, 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 blah. And my mom said this. She was like, treat others the way you want to be treated. And when she said that, the mother was like, you know, you know how white mothers are. They're like, well, what do you mean? Like, you know, like they're asking themselves a question, even though they know the answer. And my mom said, if you would have taught your son how to treat others better, this wouldn't have happened. And he wouldn't have gotten the same result. And ever since then, I said, you know what? When I have a daughter, I might be the most overprotective dad in the world, but I know one thing is not going to happen. She's not going to know better. So, time <laughs> in. Uh, yeah. time in. Um, my daughter, as you know, being a biracial kid with you know a white mom and a black dad, she don't have to convince the world that she's white because right. she knows for a fact she's white, and she's going to say it probably in a funnier fashion. She's like, "Yeah, I'm one of y'all, but uh, my dad black." he will shoot you and i'm fine with it i'm fucking fine with that but we, we got voicemails we got voicemails listen Shut don't make a, don't make uh greg use his trigger finger man what okay. you know i'm a black man and i enjoy golf i like playing it see i i love golf and for years i've taken whack from norm from all my friends yeah, that I'm a sellout, I'm this, I'm that. And I try to explain to him, golf is not a white man's game. Yep. Mm-hmm. My old house was the, um, the backyard was basically a part of a huge um, golf course and predominantly black men golf there. Okay, mm-hmm. golf is just a white man's sport. Um, hockey is no longer just a white man's sport. Um, what is what else is there? What is that? Um, cricket, cricket is not a white man's sport, yep. it's just not popular in the United States. There's a bunch of sports that's not predominantly white men's sports that people assume they are because they are ignorant. Yeah, good evening, good evening. What's shaking, good people? How you guys doing? Oh, just passing through, just got in from work. Trying to see what's going on in these stereo streets. Hey. Hey, Greg. I got another Kyrie sighting. I'm going to let you know Uh-oh. about it tomorrow on the sport desk. Oh, snap. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, oh, Shamik is ready. He is ready. He is ready for the sports desk. Now, Shamik, 
it's actually going to be Monday tonight, uh, tomorrow. The reason why is because at six o'clock I will be live with our girl. So core to y'all, but core to me, her mm-hmm. and I, we got the show at six. And then, um, and depending on how the leaderboard works, Shan, you and I might have to jump back on again. Um, okay. I, I'm going I'm going to call that one the happy hour where everything is on the table, but nothing is under the table. Basically, we're just going to talk about every fucking thing. Uh, what's bothering us, what's blessing us. I- I'm going to try to make a podcast episode out of that with all the things that we talk about normally. Because, um, okay. yeah, um, the leaderboard, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with. You filthy okay. animals at stereo. I, I need you to do better. <laughs> do, do, do better for me, please. Um, but we got more voicemails. I don't know if you want to hit that button or not, but... Oh my goodness. Yeah, better cut that shit out. I will slap you and your mom. I'm not playing. My guy, I am all the way with you, son. I got two daughters. Nigga, I will air this bitch all the way the fuck out. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> but that's the tr- here's the thing. Like, as as a parent, like me, like, I never thought I would be that parent. I thought I was gonna be like the one that's diplomatic because my wife crazy. Like she's already said straight up, she was like, you know what? Like there will be none of that. Like Greg, like if I have to go to the school and I have to talk to the teacher and shit like that, I'll talk to them. But if they start mouthing off, I was like, okay, yeah, that's why you're my wife because you fucking crazy. Like I'm, I'm cool with that. She actually got some dick that night for just for saying that shit. Give me that. Yeah, for me though, like I, like he said, not only am I airing it out, like I, the whole. Fu- Everybody down to the dog. I'm I'm not with them shits at all. I've seen a lot of people like getting bullied, you know, like mm-hmm. just, just people having all types of crazy shit to say to parents. That's why, like, you know, my sister, she cheerleaded her entire fucking life. And I think that's what kind of like made me the way I am. Because you would think boys, like when they play sports like basketball and football, like the mm-hmm. parents are ruthless and they are ruthless. But there is nothing more ruthless than going to like a ballet class or a cheerleading like event. I've never them been fucking, to one. I can imagine. I, I'll tell you this. Yo, them cheerleading events, probably one of the worst. I've seen literally parents from opposite teams hope. They said shit like, I hope that she drops her. My sister was the one that was at the top of those like those pyramids and shit like that. And I've heard other parents say, Well, you know. I, she looks like she has a wobbly leg. I hope she falls. I'm, I'm like, what the fuck? Yo, you parents are trash. So for me, you know, if somebody said that to my daughter, you know, because she's going to play basketball, soccer, and things like that. But honestly, whatever she wants to do, she wants to do it. So if a parent says, you know what, that little girl right there, tackle her. Or that little girl, trip her up. His, most people say, I'm going to the trunk. I'm not going to the truck because it's underneath the seat. It is in the cooler. I, everybody's catching Mama, daddy, auntie, cousin, all you motherfuckers. I ain't got to show it to you. I'm going to just let you know. Do you want to apologize now or do you not want to make it to your car? And it's, go- it's going to be that simple. It is that simple for me. Um, a lot of parents for me that I've seen, they act the same way. Just go ahead and just make sure that your kids are good at the end of the day. And that's what I want. Let me tell you something. <laughs> these teachers, these other parents are going to want their dads to show up and not me. Mm. Oh, no, I got to ask you a question about that, about teachers. Um, You having two girls, um, say in in the small case, because they aren't yet, but, you know, me being like middle school and high school, they were always girls, you know, she's going through puberty pretty early, or she was a teacher, and the teacher treated them like loop shit. They would kick 
to my class because, you know, like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom on my period or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the teachers, they just picked on them. Who are you going to handle them with two girls when they're in middle school? Teach like shit. How do you handle that? <laughs> Popping up. Pop up videos. Gonna be like, pop up, mama. Whose mom is this in the hallway? Ma'am, you need a pass. Uh, a pass to what? Be some math today or a pass to be in your hallway? Because mm-hmm. if my child cannot go to the bathroom to change her sanitary napkin, then she mm-hmm. gonna change it right in front of you, in front of the class, and she gonna put it right on your desk. So what you want? You either gonna write her a pass so she could go mind her business and you could teach the class, or we gonna have a problem and I'll just be popping up here watching you teach every day. Yeah, I've always wondered why was that like, you know, for us as a guy, like if we had to use the bathroom, it had to be like life or death. It would say, well, you know, hey, teacher, I have to go to the bathroom. Because you always had that one teacher that when the period Mm -hmm. bell rang and you're supposed to go to your next class because they want to show the class that they have control. We're going to sit here for one minute since you guys can quiet down. Bitch, I have four minutes to get to my next class and change these books out in my locker. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you're not, you're basically setting me up to be a problem for the next teacher that I have because you have a control issue. Yeah, but the thing, like, you know, I, I was going to say something. I, you know, I, I was going to talk about airing the shit out, but you, we've well, already seen way too many schools get aired out because of, you know, kids and shit like that. But what I was going to say is this. Don't air the school out. Like, j- just fight the teacher. Just fight them. Just one time. Because there are a lot of teachers, like, they, they hold those accountable for nothing. That's why every time I go and I look on, like, you know, Apple News, and they're like, teacher charged with having sex with four of her kids. I'm like, how many? Four? Thing because when it comes to a white teacher having sex with students, I feel like they get a slap on the hand. When it comes man, to a man who is of a different race being accused of having sex or or having relations with a student or a classmate or anything, they get thrown under the jail. Mm-hmm. They don't really care. Uh, Michael Jackson said the best. Rest in peace to him. They don't really care about us. They, they really look don't. at, look at that. Um, what is that? That um, gym instructor that had um, molested all those girls that he um, mm-hmm. was coaching for so many years and he kept coaching. Like, what the fuck? No, that, that shit is weird to me. Like, maybe, like, because I don't have a kid that's in school right now, but when I see shit like that, I'm like, wait a minute, like, how? Not only was it one or two or three, like, it doesn't even matter the number. It was just the fact that the school, the only thing they did was he was suspended with pay or he was fired, but he could still work in the same school district. Tell you something. There will not be no trial for anyone that my child tells me that they touched her, um, looked at her inappropriately, did anything. It's going to be me privately fixing it. And that's all I'm going to say. It might not be my hands, but it will be fixed. No. For me, anybody listening to the sound of my voice, I'm going to tell you this. Um, What we're not going to do is fuck around with my kid. I do not mind going to jail. I repeat, I do not mind going to jail. I didn't see enough episodes of Oz. I done YouTube shit. I know how to make a Fifi. I'm sh- I'm straight. I'm straight. <laughs> I'm absolutely good. I, 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 
I'm I'm telling you this shit now. As sure as I am breathing, like that's the, my wife and my daughter. I don't play that shit. Oh, and my mom too. My sister as well. So basically, any woman that's in my family, you fuck with them. You don't even get a chance to fuck with me. Like you know, my sister. You know, she's engaged, right? So my sister's engaged, and I haven't had to have the talk with her fiance yet. But I feel like it's one of those things where I don't have to have that discussion with you. There's three things I don't do as a man. I don't put my hands on women. I don't spit on the concrete. So there's that. So I definitely don't spit on the concrete. But I, I do not put my hands on women. I don't call women bitches unnecessarily. Like sometimes, yes, you be a bitch and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you being a bitch. But the issue is how are you going to change that behavior? That right there matters to me. So let me tell that's you number two. And there's a lot of males out here who do not have that etiquette. Mm-hmm. And a lot of males out here who have put their hands on women and those mm-hmm. women have a lot of males in their life who, mm-hmm. who, who called after the fact with mm-hmm. a green box and no name things. Yep. And because that woman had an ounce of God in her left, gave mm-hmm. them like, Oh, to that green yep. light on them things. And they just need to be careful. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell anybody this story. Um, I think I told you this before about like my mom's situation. So she was dating a guy and, you know, he had this thing of putting his hands on her. Now he would always wait until after we went to bed and shit like that, but I would always hear them arguing. So, you know, I was wondering why the, um, what do you call that little thing? The, the shit that you used to put on the steering wheel in your car, um, and had the little key and shit like that to make oh, sure that the, nobody the, stole your the car. lot. Yeah. So what she would do is she would put that in front of the door, meaning like, hey, don't interrupt either. So she was having sex or she was probably going and you fight with this dude. Right. So he hit her and I actually saw it because the door was open. So he hits her and I was like, yo, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, yo, like this is the first time I've ever seen a man put their hands on my mom. And then it happened again. So I was like, OK, the, the first time is fool me once. The second time, mind you, I'm eight. So the first time fool, you know, fool me. The second time fool you. But it's not going to happen again. So. I pulled my mom aside and I said, mom, like he hit you. And she says, she was like, you'll understand when you have a daughter that this is not the behavior that you're supposed to accept. And then I said to her, and I I didn't understand this until we talked recently about it. And I said, mom, like, but he hit you and it's not the first time. And she said, you know what, son, you're absolutely right. It's the last time. But she said to me, she was like, you better never do what you've seen because mm-hmm. you are better than that. When she told me that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to instill that not only in myself, but any children that I have. You are not putting your hands on the kid. In saying that, though, he, he tried a third time. He tried a third time. But what he didn't understand is my mom was like J-Lo and enough, but she was black. Mm-hmm. She got her gun license. And he tried to put his hands on her. He, you know, he, when he grabbed her neck and he threw her against the wall. And my mom said, okay, cool. No, no big deal. Do you know what she did? She this motherfucker went to school. And see, you know who it is. The, the middle of his forehead, the reason why that shit looks like he's always winking is because <laughs> she took that pistol. She took that pistol and literally whopped him right in the middle of the motherfucking forehead. Listen. Bleeding out on her bed. Deserved. I'm telling you, like. Deserved. Yeah. And 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 a lot of men are beers 
because yeah. they don't know how to have discussions without raising their voice. They don't know how to have discussions without cussing. And they don't know how to have discussions without threatening. And the way that my father used to win discussions in his house with my mom when they were married is by putting his gun on his table. Yeah. My, my rule and, always been that. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. And the thing is, most men who try to threaten with guns are usually the ones that can't fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> my, rule, my rule of thumb is this, like, you know, I, you know, when it comes to hitting women, I do not do it. Um, and the reason why I don't do it is because I got cousins. I got a sister. I got a mother. They're not here to fight you. They are, there's a difference between getting in a fight and getting your ass whooped. And they're here handing out ass whoopings. Like when I say handing them out, I'm talking about like, fucking like gift cards they're like yeah do you want one like oprah like everybody's getting ass open at this point yeah but it's just where for me important that we teach our kids growing up right now that only ugly people fight and mm-hmm. i'm not i'm teaching both of my daughters to never put their hands on a boy because these boys ain't raised by the right mothers and, and fathers. And I'm teaching my daughters never to put their hands on a man, never spit on a man, never talk mm-hmm. about a man's manliness or not being mm-hmm. manly because they're emotionally not balanced. Um, yeah. Yeah. They are insecure. And a lot of men take a lot of women and girls as threats these days. And they're not mm-hmm. going to they're not going to be fair about how they approach you and they will kill you just because you don't want to give them your number. They will exactly. kill you because exactly. you embarrassed them and you didn't, you didn't intentionally try to embarrass them. So there's a way that we have to teach our daughters to carry themselves. And for black people, especially black men, I think a lot of black men are in jail cells and in prisons mm-hmm. right now making states a lot of money by being in those cells because they don't know how to emotionally carry themselves. They don't know how to check their pride and ego and they make moves on emotion and then they regret it later. Mm -hmm. That's why the first reaction is always the worst one. It's like, well, damn, I hit her and I didn't realize it. Or, oh, you know, you know, I I pushed her. And next thing you know, she hit her head on the concrete and she died. Now you in jail because you reacted from some shit like that. And I, I I don't want to blame the victims, and it's usually the women that are the victims. But there are a lot of like, there are men victims. That... No, I, there I'm are just... men victims. I just saw a man on Instagram where his ex wife mm-hmm. poured acid all over him, and he you his whole face and body is burnt up. But yeah. men don't but talk I'm about t- that like for me, like tying that in. Yeah, men don't want to be be looked at as being a bitch because a woman hit them or abused them or did something to them, so they stay quiet. And I think more men need to speak up because when men walk into a courtroom and there's a woman, women are usually sided with because women are the ones that speak up. Story time. I don't know. Like it it looked like you're frozen. Am I frozen now? Am I frozen? Oh, now you're back. You're back. 
Yeah, but what women are the ones that speak up and men don't speak up and men do get abused and it happens every day and more men need to speak up. I'm going to play these. Hey, Greg, be careful about letting your kids know that you own a gun. My daughter, when she was like six or seven, um, she wasn't feeling her teacher. Her teacher was riding her and riding her. So one day she came to school and she told her teacher, you know, I'm the reason my father owns a gun. And if you keep messing with me, he definitely going to come up here and shoot you in your face. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, man, I had so many parent-teacher meetings that week. It was crazy. Oh no. Hey yo. The dude that played golf, his friends wasn't uh wasn't uh calling him a sellout because he played golf. They call him they they was making fun of him because he had a fat tongue, man. I don't trust niggas with fat tongues. I cannot. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, I wonder oh my god. Oh. When you said I will slap you in your mom's flat out die. <laughs> that was you, Shane. That wasn't me. I don't No, that was you. No, no, I said, no, I, here's the thing. I, I don't hit women, but I will slap a mom. I will say that. I, I, I don't do that shit. You want to be a, you want to be a Karen? Oh, do it. Do it. But I'm only doing it for you, Shan. I'm only doing it for you. You are my motivation. I don't care who you are. You could be non-binary too. You make a leap, yeah. you touch, or you pull, or you push anything, or you spit. I'm coming for that neck. Yo, okay. Okay. Before we get to the next voicemail, I'm, I'm gonna just like expound on that. When it comes to hitting, because I don't want somebody saying, "Oh, Greg hit women," something like that, and then in four years, some <laughs> some shit will pop off, and he'll be like, "Remember, he said that on that podcast episode." So I want to clarify this. I want to clarify. It. No, Greg does not put his hands on women. He will hit a bitch, though. The reason why I say that, mm-hmm. and I mean it, is this: there there are certain people who know the behavior that they have. Um, yeah. Like for me, there, there's there's three different types of women. There are women who threaten to hit you. There are women who won't hit you. And there's women who entice you to hit them so they can yeah. respond. So when I, when I say entice you to hit them to respond, there's the shit. The one thing that I saw and I said, yo, if that ever happened to me, I am going to get the biggest woman that I know to beat her fucking ass because I can't do it myself. Like for me, my, my thing that I hate and I see it on all the TV shows and I've seen it at a nightclub. Um, mm-hmm. and this is probably why I hate it was the, the, the forehead with the, the index. Yo, body did that shit to me and guarantee you this. I'm not going to hit you, but I'm going to find somebody to whoop that ass. That mm-hmm. right there is, yo, that's the equivalent of like when you, when your parents tell you, you can't go to bed until you finish your homework and you don't know the fucking questions. Like you don't know the answers to them. And then your parents, they don't know it either. Like have you, have you, you as a parent. So imagine your kid comes to you with homework and they're like, Hey mom, I don't know this. And you're trying to convince them that they know it because they went to school that day. But then you look at the problem and you're like, what the fuck is this? Bo- what the A plus X plus Y plus N squared and sh- none of that shit makes fucking sense but you're convincing your kid you have to if you don't know this you're not going to bed to me that's the equivalent of a woman and a man putting an index finger to the to your head like your temple or to your forehead and just constantly just like tapping you there uh-huh. Nigga, do you not understand what i'm saying to you let, let it happen let it I happen no that when it comes to algebra <laughs> 
I am not your go-to, okay? That would have been my struggle since algebra was my struggle. Secondly, I wanted to index finger my nephew's forehead last night when he put my thermostat oh, no. on freeze. But I oh, no, no. He tried it. <laughs> he tried it. Oh, no. We got to give it a name. It can't be called the index finger. We got to call it like the the the, the point in the, the something. The mu- did, did you do the mush? That's the mush. The mush. Oh, no. Oh, see, mm. yeah. anybody mush me. If you're not getting shot, somebody fighting you. And it might or may not be me. So there's that. Oh, we got voicemails. Go ahead and play the thing. Yeah, I, I got three daughters. But the great thing about uh, that is... I have mostly men in my family. So even when my daughter's, my oldest daughter, when she first brought her uh, boyfriend to the crib, you remember that episode from uh, Bad Boys when Will Smith and uh, Martin had homeboy at the door? Yes. We we had homeboy shook to death. I literally thought he was going to pee on himself. I, I had to tell him we was playing with him. But my nephews... They did their thing. They had they had homeboy on the pressure, under serious pressure. <laughs> See, shout out to Lord Speak, man. Like he he is my spirit animal. He is who I want to be when I get off stereo. Whenever I'm done with this shit, I want to be like him. Want to be like him. I never felt that with my brothers, but I remember when they tried to uh, make me feel away um, after prom night and I came in like at 5 a.m. that morning and they were all having like a mafia meeting in my room. And I was just like, excuse me, excuse me. Let me get in my bed. <laughs> there was like, so what happened? I was like, you know, it was a nice night. No details needed. And they were just looking like, all right, all right. We're not about to get anything out of here. Mm-hmm. Trouble. Mm-hmm. Yo, this shit that's crazy though. My 19-year-old daughter knows that I'm all the way with this shit, yo. So she laughs off situations of something that can go wrong. She'll she'll just be like, you know what? I know my daddy come ahead and fuck you up, so I ain't even fucking with you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. All mm. oh, people should be scared of a laugh. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. Like you know, you like as a as a woman, as a a child, as a daughter. Like you want somebody to be like, you know what? Even if they can't do it, I'm going to threaten them to do it. How many people have said shit like, you know what? My cousins and them will whoop your ass, or I'm gonna go call my brother. No, I'm gonna call my father. Like want to be that parent that the fact that she mentioned my father threatens you. So I ain't even got to do shit. She can just say, you know what? It's okay. I'm gonna just call my dad. The reason why they're here's the thing. The reason why they're threatened by that shit is because they think that they can go and square up with the father. I'm not going to end up on somebody's world star clip because I'm trying to go, you know, fist to fist with you and fight. I don't do that shit. When I come out the car, I'm not going to the trunk. The shit was with me when I got out. And that's how I'm carrying it. When I go, I'm like, hey, did you put your hands on my daughter? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, what I'm going to do is either you're going to take this ass whooping, you're going to take this bullet, or you're going to go and apologize. And it's going to be that. But you get to choose. I'm giving you the option. Because at that point, I'm not going to the police. Because the police going to be like, oh, well, you know, why don't you just, you know, you have 
a you know a meeting between the parents and things like that ain't no fucking meeting between the parents at that point because here's the thing your parents are going to be like believing what the fuck you say but what did you do did you put your hands on her yes i put my hands on her cool well now i'm putting my hands on you because a woman is not supposed to put her hands on a man but i'm definitely putting my hands on you yeah. And then I might put hands on your parents if you act stupid and the parents act stupid too. Because there are a lot of parents who let shit slide. They're like, well, it's it's not my fault that my kid put their hands on your daughter, but your daughter did. What, what, what the fuck? Like, she's a, she's a girl. She's a girl. So since you said that, I'm whooping your ass after this. But you're going to watch me whoop your kid's ass and enjoy it because I'm doing the shit that you wouldn't do. <clears throat> let me say this for FYI. No answer is also an answer. Hmm. My second daughter, uh, she's my identical. Like this is my. If I was, if I was going to be a woman, that's that's who uh, who I would have been. Uh, I taught her how to box, so she used to give out the knuckle sandwiches on a regular at school. I was up to school every day, and her mother used to just be giving me all kind of dirty licks. She's like, "This is your fault." I said, "But I had to teach her how to use that right jab." It, 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 I, it, it was just, it, it had to be taught. So all my daughters know how to box. That's right. Teach your kids how to fight. Mm. Teach your kids how to defend themselves. Teach your kids how to shoot a gun if need be. But if you have a gun in your house, be responsible and lock that shit the hell up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. You know something? I'm a man that I will not put my hand on a woman. Well, with the mother of my kids, I had to revise that because when I told her that she thought that it was okay to put her hands on me, so I had to revise it. I told her, if you put your hands on me, all deals are off. Yeah, it works both ways. Mm. Yeah. Listen, don't put your hands on anybody unless you're ready for them to put their hands on you, period. Don't be out here putting your hands on a man and thinking, oh, he's going to respect me because I'm a girl and he's not going to hit me. Listen, mm. you're in for a rude awakening. You know, I heard of all these stories about women being beat and abused. But mm-hmm. here's where I'm at. The man is there with you. He's going to sleep. He's eating your food. Do what you have to do. Huh? Talking. Poison You better him. talk that shit. You better Poison talk that him. shit. <laughs> I know that for a fact. You better Yo, talk that shit. I, I totally agree with I don't put my hands on a woman I just don't do that but nobody pushes your buttons and like makes you want to hit them yeah like a woman that knows you won't hit her that right there that right yeah. there that, that's yeah. a conversation right there yes but indeed. That's y'all have to leave but that's y'all have to leave or or call who y'all need to call or lock yourselves in a room until somebody else gets there because it's going to be your word against hers and y'all know who's going to have the last word. Yeah, and, but for honestly though, you can leave and she'll follow you and she'll yeah. do shit as you're leaving. Or if you lock yourself in a room, it's still your word against hers, but they're going to be like, well, why did you lock yourself in a room? To prevent yourself from hitting her or what? And then it's always a or what, but it's never a situation of what the fuck she can do. She was acting crazy and I needed a witness. Yeah. Period. I I, I would I would agree. Um, and I do agree. But I have seen situations where one of my boys has called me, he's like, yo, Greg, like, you know, 
he did the same situation. I'm, I'm in the I'm in the guest bathroom right now. I was like in the bathroom. What the fuck? Why are you in the bathroom? He was like, yo, you know, she went through, she went through my phone, and I was like, okay, so you, she obviously knew you were doing dirt, but she liked the fact that you do dirt because it's like the sixth time she done took your ass back, right? He was like, no, today's different, man. He was like, yo, she chasing me around the house with the fucking knife, and I had to grab my phone off the counter and run into the bathroom. He was like, yo, can you you just, you know, just call the police. I'm like, nigga, why don't you call the police? He's like, they ain't gonna understand if I call them. I was like, what the, f- what? So he explained, he was like, if you are in the house with a woman and you call the police on them, they're gonna go to her first and get her explanation. And then you are the one, they might escort out of the house, but you are at fault by default because you are a man. I'm like, yo, I didn't realize it was that bad. The guy, and like, you are just, you're protecting yourself and locked into a room. Yeah, that is some crazy shit, man. Like, and it will, it I will say this, lady. It oh, will ahead. never get fair until men start showing up and speaking out. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew life wasn't fair for men versus women when um, I watched a thin line between love and hate, and homegirl whooped her own ass with them oranges, and he got blamed for. Where it. I was you like, going with those oranges? We're not doing this, Greg. We not doing no. this, Greg. A Just woman <laughs> hits me, and I'm gonna hit her back. Oh well, uh, Terry, that that is you allegedly. Men and women need to do what they need to do. Period. Yeah. Sit up Yo, if baby girl call me and be like, "Daddy, I need you up here," um. I'm peeling out of both hands like Morpheus, my nigga. Man, it's what? over. <laughs> yo, it's no talking, my nigga. Somebody got to die, man. See? You ever, you See? ever hear this? When dads be like, hey, don't call me. Because if you call me, mm-hmm. you know how I'm coming. Don't call me unless you need to call me. And we all know what that means. Yep. I'm telling you, it, it's Baylor and Stone and them. Like, yo, they the reasons why I'm probably this crazy because the entire fucking time that my wife was pregnant, Stone, he's like, yo, like, great. Just by the way, uh, you know, the, the baby when she gets here, blah blah blah. I'm like, okay. And the same thing for Baylor. Baylor's like, oh, and you having a girl too? Oh, it's gonna be a problem, man. The rest yeah. of your life. I was like, yo, is it that bad? And they're like, no, like, it's not bad. It's good to be a you know a father of a daughter, but there's a lot of shit you got to deal with. And right now she's only five months old and I'm already dealing with this shit. I'm having dreams of her like cooing and I'm trying to protect her in my sleep. I'm like, what the, f- is this a thing? And every guy that I know that has a daughter, they say the same thing. It's like, no, that's definitely a thing. You are just protective at all points. Uh, my own, like my brother, he has a daughter. He's like, Greg, like, I'll tell you this. His daughter is going to college in two years and he's planning for college. I was like, how the f- what the fuck are you planning for? He was like, yo, I'm, I got to get a decoy at the school. I was like, what the fuck do you mean you got to get a decoy? He's like, I'm trying to sell the house and I'm going to move up there. That way I can be closer to her just in case she decides to call. I was like, oh, no, nah, see, I ain't going that fucking far. Like, that, but as a father of a daughter, these are things that like dads think. They're like, yo, like I will leave my wife in order to protect my daughter because that's my legacy. That's me right there. So if she needs me, yeah, I'm going to drive four or five hours to make sure that she's good. But at the same time, like, I'll go to jail for her. I'll go and kill a nigga for her, even if she's wrong. Like, there, are, I'm sure there's plenty of guys that are in prison right now because their daughter said, you know what? My, my boyfriend, he did me wrong. And she lied to the father. And the father went out and either whooped that kid's ass, killed him, 
robbed him, shot him. And then she said, you know what? That It didn't actually happen that way. But it's too late at that point. You're going to jail. But the thing <laughs> is, you're happy you went to jail. Here's the thing. You're happy that you went to jail because when you go to jail, they be like, hey, well, what did you, what are you in here for? Oh, I shot a nigga for my daughter. And they be like, you know what? Cool. No problem. Cool. <laughs> cool. You safe. So here goes another funny story. Um, like I said, my second daughter, like I said, she, she both of us are Leos. She she's my splitting image of my my attitude, mentality, and everything. So one day, um, I visited her. I was happened to be in the area where she went to high school, and one of them young dudes that was trying to holler at her saw me talking to her. So he came over there with his chest poked out, da 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 da, da and he gonna ask my daughter, "Who's this nigga?" So my daughter. What? <laughs> instantly jumped in between us and she told homeboy mm, don't do it don't do it this is my father and so I look young for my age so um, I laughed it off did you know homeboy the next day called and he came by came by our house oh did no I need more I need more he better have apologized and when she when he came by the house, my daughter had told her mother what happened, and so her mom was like, "Oh, you was about to lose your life. Her father is about that life, homeboy. Uh, you about? To I know he looked young and all, but he old school, and old school don't get off for you. So yeah, you be careful you you poking your chest out because her father is definitely about that life." These these young dudes like you fight they they have no dis, they don't have no respect and I don't have no problem handing out those knuckle sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'll be the little kid. Mm. Mm. Shout out to Shamik. Now, Shan, you, you got to reintroduce. You got to reintroduce the show for the people who are in here. More importantly, the people that just honestly just listen to the content. Listen, so. thank y'all for checking out. Loudmouth Stereo. My name is Shan from She Gets a Pod. That is Greg from Young Back and Bothered. We started off talking about a uh, topic regarding a biracial child and her wanting to claim herself as just white. It has evolved into daddy-father feelings and where you put your hands and showing some ounce of respect somewhere or it might go south. So that is what we're discussing. Family, ignorance, kids, fathers and daughters, you know, when do you step in as a parent? All of that in the mix. And thank y'all for checking out the show. Absolutely. Hey, listen, my mother taught us that very early. She said, don't you ever put your hand on a woman. But anytime that woman start acting like a man and she take a swing at you, you knock her block off. You don't beat her up, but you mm-hmm. give her that one good shot to let her know, don't come back for no more. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Just make sure you have your iPhone. Make sure you have your iPhone, because what you got to do is you got to pull out the camera app. You pull it out and ask, like, hey, yo, hey, respectfully, do you want this ass whooping? Because what did you say again? What did, what did you do again? Explain what you did. Because I need evidence. Because like Shan said, it's your word against hers. But the issue is there are a lot of people who want to perform while there's no audience and then when the police come and all that shit happens all of a sudden it's a well i didn't actually do that he's lying and this is what really happened (laughs) so exactly so what you what you want to do fellas is record that shit like 
my wife, when we have arguments, she be thinking like, oh, well, Greg ain't shit because I pull out the notes app. Because I'm like, yo, you want to argue? <laughs> you be taking the notes during arguments, though. Yeah. Piss me off. I, I'm telling you, like, the notes app on your phone as a married man, it will save you from a lot of headaches. Because oh. if she say something to you or he say something to you, all you got to do is just go back to that. Like, well, remember we had this discussion Greg, about that. I you all the receipts. I'm, I'm it just—it's it, what it is. But we got voicemails. I'm gonna be quiet because we got to get through these. Go ahead. You know you're exactly <laughs> right. But when me and my the mother and my kids were together, I used to have a a camera right there by the front door to see who oh. it is. So when we get into a fight, I walk right over there, and whatever happens happens. But mm. I ain't gonna put my hands mm. on a woman. I'm gonna say it again. I'm not gonna put my hands on a woman. But if a woman puts her hands on me, mm. it's going to get bad. Huh? Yep. Huh? No problem with that. Damn, she whipped her own ass. You already know. Damn. Don't... It was a movie. See? Don't listen to Greg. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you need to start speaking up. But the great thing about New York City, now, being that they, you know, they have these women that were put in so many uh, false... Uh, abuse calls now when the police show up uh, if both of you are fighting in the house and uh, they they typically tell both of you uh, if he can press charges against you and both of y'all go to jail so you know women kind of backed off for that just a little bit but you know they, they still try their hand but here in New York yeah if, if you get into a domestic situation uh, both of y'all going taking that ride that's how it is in uh, Florida, but I don't I don't like that either because what it does is it forces men and women to have an issue, have a police officer come. They say nothing's going on, and then once that police officer leaves, they're gonna solve it however they were gonna solve it to begin with. So it's kind of like saying, "Don't call us." Mm-hmm. It's not saying don't call us because there is no problem. It's saying solve it yourself. Don't call us. So you're basically asking for a homicide. You're basically asking for somebody to get the result who can't fight or who can't protect themselves. And you're basically asking for a shittier outcome before you actually be preventive. It pre- preventative, and I think that's stupid. But I do think a yep. lot of women do false accuse men of doing things that they're not doing which sucks for the women who are actually being abused a a woman's gonna fight like a man I'm gonna treat her like a man and whoop her fucking ass I mean that's how (laughs) (laughs) yo my nigga that shit is so real nigga I low key conned my daughter into going to college 30 minutes away just in case something happened and I had to get there. That sounds like some daddy stuff. Y'all, y'all know how to talk to y'all daughters in a way to make them feel guilty. You know something? Hmm. One day this girl I was with, she was she was like a jokester. So she got a friend to call me and tell me that her ex was outside beating the hell out of her and smacked her daughter. Oh no. Man. By the time I got, I hanged up the phone, I got into my car, grabbed my 357 Magnum, and when Ooh. I was up there, I jumped out the car and said, where is he? I said, don't be doing crap like that. 
you tell me something like that, it's going to get bad. Why would you play like that? Don't play. Yo, straight up, yo, shout out to Shamik, man. Like, I, I ain't going to lie, man. A young boy approached me on some bullshit while I was with my entire family, my nigga. And mm. the only thing that stopped me from killing this nigga was wifey like, baby, please. Yo, she ain't never look at the dude at all. She came straight to me like, baby, please don't do this to him, son. Yo, shit is real out here, man. It's my queen. <laughs> the fact that she said, please don't do it to him. She already knew <laughs> it was going to be the end for him. That was going to be night, night. He was going to go night, night. Listen, Are you ignorant if you smoke weed and raise your kid while you smoke your weed? What? No. What? What is that for smoking weed? With it? What the fuck? Don't oh, confuse. Um, how old is a kid so, or a teenager? Like, how old should they be there in order to get a ass whipping? I mean, I don't. I don't want to just ask with. Cause I'm angry. I want to do it for the right reasons, but is an age limit appropriate for an ass whipping? What y'all think? Um, Greg's not there. Okay. I don't know if yeah. Greg's going to be there. But for me, my six year old gets her butt whooped with with the belt, but that's the last resort. Um, because she knows better and she could come explain stuff to me. My three year old. Yeah. I just have to look at her in a way or just talk to her and she feels guilty. So it depends on what kind of child you have, because the more, however you start disciplining your child, you're going to have mm-hmm. to top it as they get older. Exactly. It sometimes yep. gets to a point where they're bigger than you. They're faster mm-hmm. than you. They're stronger than you. And then they're going to get to a point where they start smelling themselves and they go try to size you up. And I am five foot five. And I know I'm going to have to have the Vaseline because my seven-year-old is already at my shoulders. Yep. I, I know me as a father, like, I just want to strike the fear of God in my kid. Um, my wife, she's probably going to do that because, like, I can see my daughter doing that transition of, like, I love you, mom, but, like, dad, like, I'm going to punk him forever. And mm. like, she probably, you probably will. She probably will punk me. But... I also want to instill the fear of God of, yes, I'll do anything for you. And the answer is always yes, as long as you do the things that I tell you or the things that I know that are safe for you. So say, for example, if you're going to go and stand on a ledge and I tell you, hey, um, don't go stand on that ledge because you can fall and hurt yourself and you consistently do that. The reason why you're doing it is because you know you can get away with it. However, if I strike the fear of God in you and you're like, oh, shit, like if I do this, my father is going to either there's going to be a punishment to it. There might be a spanking to it. Uh, and I know now we're socially saying we can't spank our kids. Newsflash. I'm going to be spanking my kid. Yes. I just know this. I, I'm not going to yeah. be T.I. and be like, the, the reason why I'm doing this is because I don't want her to become a hoe or some shit like that. Yeah. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm spanking my kid. As the ultimate result of your con, that's that is the consequence of your actions at the end. That is the last resort because clearly I can't get through to you by talking, like you know, on a peer to peer, a person to person level. I can't go and tap you on the hand because you're like he tapped me on the hand. It's okay, but imagine you tap a dog on like the thigh or something like that. Yeah, you tap it five minutes later. Or and I'm an example parent. 
I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you to stop what you're doing before this happens. And you're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. My three, she loves, she loves to run in the house and jump on the floors and bounce. And I said, Ari, you're going to jump and you're going to fall because it's wood floors. And I like to clean my floors. And she jumped mm-hmm. in the kitchen. She fell back on her back. And I didn't run up to her. She was screaming. And I walked up to her. And I put both of my legs over her body and I squat down and I said, uh-huh, told you. Mm-hmm. That's what you get. And that is it. Mm-hmm. Don't come to me yep. for me to hush you. Nothing. Is your back yep. broke? Can you get up? Is it burning? Okay. She ain't mm-hmm. jumping in the kitchen no more. And sometimes you're just going to have to let your kid feel it for them to understand that they shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, see, I, I used to run into a lot of trouble because as a boxer, they make you register your hands. And that's the first thing um, one of my daughter's mothers used to say. Oh, his hands is registered. Uh, and he knows how to punch. That was her favorite line. He knows how to throw a punch. He used to get me jammed up all the time when we got into arguments. So I, I just learned to stay away from her. Uh, when she started that arguing shit, I ran to the door. Oh, man. Said, I'm done. Call me on the phone. We we'll talk about the shit later. You ain't gonna get me get the boys on me every time. That's crazy. Honestly, sometimes, that is one of the reasons. Oh, go ahead. No, sometimes you just don't want to let people know that because they use it against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. The way uh little mama be punking Greg with them keys, man. He ready to <laughs> lay what? hands on her. <laughs> Yeah. What you talking about? Yeah. Oh, Scott be punking the shit out of me. Like to this day, I've been trying to figure out. I'm like, oh, like, am I am I being an like, am I overparenting? Like, because she'll look at me and she'll smile, and I'll pick her up because like she's either doing tummy time or she's sitting in the chair. And she'll like today, she was sitting in the chair and she's looking at me as I'm sitting on the couch. I know she's fine. There's nothing harming her. And she just randomly starts crying. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just let her sit there for a couple minutes. I let her sit there and she kept crying. So I was like, okay, she's going to keep crying. Should I pick her up? And I said, you know what? Fuck that. No, she needs to sit there because I have things I need to do. So now I'm getting off the couch and I'm doing the things I'm doing around the house. So the entire time I'm doing it, she's staring at me. But then whenever I give her eye contact back, she starts crying. So I go over to her, I pick her up and she instantly stopped crying. And then today, out of any of the days today, she goes and does this shit where I pick her up, she stops crying, and then she laughs. She hit me with the hee-hee. I was like, oh, she got me. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, I was like, you know what? Never again. What, what her noises make people do. No, but she, she hit me with the hee-hee, like the this dumb nigga here, like he don't realize. <laughs> like the rest of his life is done. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely the father of a, a girl because not only did she punk me, but I helped. It wasn't like I just picked her up to make her stop crying. I held her like for like another 15, 20 minutes. My arm was heavy as shit. Like it, it felt like I had lifted like nothing but boxes all day because nobody, and this is actually Stone's fault. So shout out to Stone for never telling me this. Babies are cute, but when babies go past like the, the 10 to 12 pound range, yep. picking them up ain't the same. Yo, yep. she's 15 pounds right now. And I was like, yo, you are like holding 
a full book bag and this shit is not cute no more <laughs> like i just want to put you down because my arm hurts but she loves it so i have to do it because i'm her father that's me getting punked by my kid i guess mm. see me i'm an older man and i'm old school when my kids mm-hmm. were young they they were giving them 800 numbers in school for um child welfare so one of my sons come and tell me that i looked at him and told him let me tell you something i will beat your tail and take you right to child welfare's front door and told them i then tell him i did it <laughs> i remember when See, he was trying to use that as a threat for their parents i said listen I don't know mm-hmm. where you're about to end up or where you're about to go, but if you want to try it, go for it. Yo, go for it. My mom whooped me in front. My mom whooped me in front. I called the number back in like 1994. Um, I figured, oh, you know, it's cool. I can go ahead and call them because my mom, she gave me a spanking. She gave me a spanking. I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to call. I grabbed the house phone and I called. You know what she did? She waited until the people came. So the people came. And then when they got to the knocked on the door and the lady comes over because I had the address and everything. So I, I told the address the next day. They didn't come that same time. But they came the next day and they sat us on the couch. And my mom said this. She said, well, one of two things are going to happen. I'm going to whoop his ass or you're going to take him now. And I was like, wait, what the fuck do you mean? Like, th- this is what I'm thinking as like a fucking eight year old. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, so I got to get a whooping in front of people. Or they're going to have to take me. So she told them, she was like, explain to him what happens if you have to take him from me. So they explained, they were like, hey, you may go into a foster home. I'm eight. I don't know what the fuck a foster home is. They're like, a foster home, you may or may not get new parents, but you will have to live in group housing, things like that. And I was like, wait a minute. I got my own bed. I got my own room. I got a TV. I'm eight. Like, I'm very pretty. So my mom says, now, this is the consequence of your action. And she persists to whoop my ass in front of the CPS person. And <laughs> this is when I knew CPS wasn't shit. I knew CPS wasn't shit because the lady says she was like, that is a parent that loves you and they do not want you to go through the system. And I was like, bitch, I just got whooped in front of you. And you're trying to tell me that this was for my benefit? Like, no. <laughs> So there's there's nothing worse than that or after they whoop you and then they send you to your room or whatever the fuck they tell you to go to and then they come after you and try to explain themselves bitch i don't want to talk to you leave me alone like honestly if the kitchen was closer i would grab a knife and probably stab you like at that point i felt like macaulay culkin and home alone like just go to france and leave me the fuck alone like i don't want nothing to do with you like yo my mom was she was like one of the the few parents that i know that would whoop me send me to my room after punishing me and she would say shit like you know what you're punished go to your room no tv no computer no none of that shit so me i was a reader anyway so one time she punished me she told me no books no tv i was like what the fuck do you want me to do so she says you know what you're gr- she, no no honestly i can call my mom right now she grounded me and i've never forgiven her for this she grounded me for an entire year so what happened was basically 
I think it was around like January or February. She told me, she was like, you can't have anybody come to the house. Um, you know, nobody can come in the house, rather. She was like, nobody can come in the house while we're not home. So I was like, you know what? Nobody can come in the house, but you didn't say anything about the balcony. So the balcony, we had like a townhouse that was sitting on the corner of all the townhomes. So there was a gate and all you had to do was go into the gate and then you can go to the backyard. And we had like the patio and the stairs and stuff like that. So people can go and just hang out there. So one of my friends came over because even though he couldn't come in the house, he could sit on the balcony, on the patio. My neighbor snitching ass goes and calls my mom. It's like, oh, well, one of Greg's friends is sitting on your balcony right now, blah, 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 blah. So my mom tells me, she was like, well, you're grounded for the rest of the year. Ain't no Christmas. I was like, what the fuck you mean? Ain't no Christmas. Do you know, not only was I grounded from January to December, I could not watch TV for a year. I don't know what the fuck happened in Power Rangers. I'm assuming that all the superheroes died that year because I didn't know what the fuck happened. So that entire year, no TV, no internet, no computer. And then for Christmas, mind you, I have a sister. So she tells me, she was like, well, you know, you come down, it's Christmas morning. Imagine being told for Christmas morning, you come down to get gifts. Everybody opening gifts, but you. She sat me down and made me watch people get gifts. I was like, yo, for the rest of my life, I'm going to hate this bitch for some unknown reason. <laughs> so I finally told my mom. Oh, I don't lie. I, I finally told my mom, I was like, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get old. And I still remember this because I told her, I was like, at 32, when I told her, at 32, I still remember what you did to me when I was eight, nine years old. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to eventually have to go to a retirement home. I'm going to eventually have to start taking care of you. I'm going to take 11 months off and see how good you do. And then month 12, and then month 12 I'm going to still wait. I'm going to just let you know, this is the consequence of your action because of that one Christmas. <laughs> And this is why you have two children and not one guy. See? Okay. See? Like, two children. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to plant that fear in God in the early, Greg. Start, start early. Give them, give them them those serious looks. Uh, don't sit around laughing and joking with them with every situation. And, you know, uh, I never had to beat any of my kids. Because they, as soon as I, they thought they was going to get a beating, oh man, they was already bawling, falling on the floor. Made, they made me feel so bad that I had, had, had them scared so bad. But, uh, yeah, you got to plant the fear of God in them. And then, you know, just letting them see how you handle other situations will let them know, um, I'm not really, really ready to challenge him. Yeah, that's, that, that's my advice. See? I'm still working on my wicked eye. Okay. Oh, yeah, Shan. Uh, I had a similar situation with my daughter, with my oldest daughter. She jumping off the bed, and she jumped off her bed and uh, hit her head on the dresser. And that's how I deal with my kids, too. I... Their dad, when they when they hurt themselves, their dad want to be, oh, come here, let me kiss it, and I yeah. just be calmly being like, I told your ass right. to stop. Right. So no, I'm not gonna run and kiss it after I repeatedly told you to stop doing that shit. You should know better by now. And yeah. and I have a whole full trampoline outside, so my kids, if they want to jump and get the energy off, they can go jump on the trampoline outside. So when she hit her head. On the dresser, I calmly 
gave her some ice. <laughs> I am like, not. Calmly gave us <laughs> like, girl, calmly gave some ice. Oh my god! She said, "I calmly got her some ice." <laughs> you know, I don't know how how what your age is, but back in the days when I did something wrong, it was a choice of weapons. Anything she could put a hand on, electric cord. A Johnny Lightning track, anything, or she would make you go outside and get a switch. <laughs> they, that's what they, that's what they do now. They take away all the authority from these parents. That's why there's a whole lot of monsters out, little little monsters out here. Yep, yep. Oh, there, there are parents that are scared of their kids. How many times have you gone in the mall and be like, yo, like I remember when parents used to put monkey leashes on their kids and if they got too far all they had to do was just like round their ass back up that's illegal in dc now it's illegal you cannot put a leash on your kid and mind you the fact that i said leash it actually sounds fucked up but in theory i would rather put that on my kid or the little backpack to make sure that they're near me versus Mm -hmm. just say you know what i'm gonna just let my kid roam free in a fucking macy's or at a mall or something like that i've seen that Uh shit happen most most Asian people with toddlers, they get them those squeaky shoes where you hear them squeaky, 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 squeaky. Like, I don't mean that, but I just feel like you don't need no leash on no baby. Y'all need to chill out. Yeah. Crazy. But this is a good show. Yeah. What a good show. What did you learn, yes. Greg? Um, I learned that uh, parenting is definitely hard. Um, Regardless if you have a kid that is, you know, biracial or just have a kid that, you know, they might have a boyfriend or they just might be a daddy's girl. Parenting is definitely very hard um, in terms of the actual the first part of the show. Um, I've learned that uh, it's, it's, it's just rough being a dad. Um, I, I can't speak for her mother or, you know, any mother in general. But for me, being a father. Um, of a little girl that is biracial um i'm always going to be cautious of how i approach things to her and i'm always going to wonder how she's going to actually take them um for, for, for the first time in my life i'm actually kind of concerned because i'm always like wondering like she's gonna always have that establishment between her her mom's side of the family so with them acknowledging her that way i just don't want her to end up like that article where she embraces her white side but white people don't embrace her so she takes the family aspect of it like oh my grandmother they you know she accepts me my grandfather accepts me my mom accepts me so since then all white people should accept me because honestly all white people don't and they won't and that is what you tell that is what it. That's all you tell her. Yeah, but Some that's the thing. It's going to be your friend. Some people are not going to like you. It's easy. It's easy to tell them that. It's easy, to, you know. That and it's on me to kind of instill in my wife to say, you know what, like we as a collective, as a pair, need to go and talk to our child and say, you know what, like. Oh no. Greg is going out. So my youngest daughter has a different father from my oldest three. And uh, 
give you a little backstory on my youngest daughter's dad. He was abusive, so he put his hands on me. And no, because anybody knows me knows I'm like the sweet, shy girl. So mm-hmm. needless to say, when he would put it, I when he was putting his hands on me, it wasn't because I put my hands on him first. He just do some. I would just do some shit he wouldn't like, and he would hit me. So anyway, um, so I feel like with my youngest daughter, his daughter. Um, I feel like she gonna be the one that's gonna be doing that crazy shit like her dad. I feel yeah. like she gonna try to fight me and get crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, my youngest child is like that too. Her dad, the way that he solves stuff is by making other people feel small. And <clears throat> whenever my three year old gets out of hand or she's not behaving, her favorite thing right now is to bite my seven-year-old's baby back ribs. And the uh, <laughs> thing is like, well, maybe somebody was doing something to her for her to want to bite. No, she'll bite mm. just because she doesn't know how to express herself verbally as to you bothering her. And she'll just bite you because she thinks that's going to solve something. And every mm-hmm. time he's always looking to see why she did it, not punish her because she did, did it. And so I'm always oh. having that. <laughs> you don't worry about why she did it later, but for right now she wasn't supposed to do it. But you know she gonna That's she crazy. gonna she gonna give him a whole head of gray, and I'm gonna be looking at both of them like, okay. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, um, you choose to do that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. What you talking you about? Gotta expound. You got to expound, my friend. You got to you got to say something better than that. Yeah. So I feel like with her, I'm gonna have to start getting some fucking boxing classes now because I and and now like she's three, so she has a funky ass attitude when she um doesn't get her way. She yes. tries to throw a tantrum. You know, um, I don't, Shan, I'm like you, I make whooping them a last result, but I've had to bring the bet out on, 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 on my three-year-old and I don't really repeatedly beat them with it when I do get it out. Um, it's just like one swipe mm-hmm. and there Mm-hmm. It, it ends it but oh yeah I, I really feel like my youngest daughter she gonna be the one that give me hell yeah Sierra. Oh, like we, we we are raising the same child she likes to lie she'll look you in the face and as soon as she's getting in trouble she'll come hug you and kiss you that is we have the same child okay and the way that you curb her is you see through all of that she thinks that she's above cleaning up she thinks that she's above um, if I tell her these are my cookies. And though you may not have them, she'll look me in my face while she picks one of my cookies up. Yes. We are going to have to fight. And that is okay. Oh, no. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, the mother of my kids, she was a bad companion to me. But when it comes to these kids, she really was raising these kids. And every time they, they got into trouble and they tried to go between both of us, me and her, me and her, it's like a tag team wrestling match. 
I'm mm. tagging her in. She tagging me in. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. I always tell her, oh, so you mad? Okay, make sure you tell your daddy about this. And make sure you tell your daddy mm. that I beat And make sure you th- tell mm. your daddy that you've been wiping your nasty boogies on my wall. And I sent him screenshots. And he'd be like, well, why is she doing that? I said, I don't know, but I suggest you go check your walls in your house. Exactly. Like, mm. The things that she does, I'm just like, I don't know who she gets this from, but I never did this. My other kid never did this, so she must get it from you. Oh, uh-oh. He opened up a can of worms right there. <laughs> hey, listen. If you guys don't want to use the belt, my father had the perfect technique, and it worked on us, and I, it worked on my kids, too. You take your, fin- your, your middle finger and your thumb, and you pluck them right in the center of their neck. Oh, a no. nice, good plucking. Get them straight all the yes. time. My my sons used to pop them, had to pop them repeatedly. But they once they saw me putting my fingers together, oh man, they already balling up and straightening up. That that pop right behind the neck works every time. You ain't got to reach for no belt. Especially because you got them thick ass knuckles and and those mm. thick ass. Some boxing, I know that hurt. Uh huh. Shout out to Shamik, man. Shout out to Lord Shamik. Yeah, I'm not plucking nobody because it'll probably hurt my finger. Oh no. Yes, yeah. It's funny that you say that because, you know, I have three daughters, oh, <laughs> and I feel like I'm the mediator between mm-hmm. them. Like my oldest one, you know, is by a different mom, so my other two, I pretty much mm-hmm. I raised them in the house, so. <laughs> we was together still with a mom. But I, it's funny that I had to give them the speech that, you know, I know who your mother is and you don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, the second oldest one had to go there and she learned a lesson. Mm-hmm. And I guess the youngest one that we thought was going to be a problem saw how mama was. So I guess she figured it was wise not to go there, so she didn't go there. So the second one, I guess what had to be the example. But yeah, it's crazy. You know, you go through that little power struggle where they're feeling themselves with their moms. And, but, you know, my, my daughters are their mom's best friends now. Mm. That's it. Mm. I, uh, that has to be rough, man. I mean, both of my daughters are daddy's girls, but I know which one is going to lie. I know which one is going to snitch. I know which one mm-hmm. is going to be feel the car keys. I already know, right? Oh, no. And Did you say you called, already know? <laughs> listen, it's called being an observant parent and just knowing what you're up against and being prepared. I'm definitely going to be that mom in the corner of the dark room while they thinking they sneaking upstairs and I'm going to be like, so how was it? Did you enjoy yourself? Because you clearly came in late. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be that parent. Oh, Lord. It'll be fun. <laughs> I'm going to play these. Trouble. And then we're going to close. Yeah, we're going to be out. But as far as being dad, my, I ain't going to lie. I get my daughters anything they want, you know. And the beautiful thing about that is my daughters have an example of what it is to have a man in their life because of me. Because, like I tell them all the time, if, a man comes in your life, he doesn't treat you like I treat your mom, then he's not for you. So mm. I think that's an important tool of a father with the daughter is setting that standard for her to know what she needs 
and how she is to be valued. And I think a lot of women kind of who don't have those examples kind of do the searching and get hurt and damaged along the way. So I believe fathers are very, very important to daughters. You know, we always talk about fathers to sons, but I think fathers are very much important asset to a daughter's life too because he's going to set the bar of what she brings into her life as it comes to men. Yes. I'm telling you, see, if you don't want to do the neck, pluck them on the tip of their ear. Those soft muscles, that that soft skin around the ear and right in between the neck. Right in between the neck is really soft. So when if you pluck them good enough, oh man, that's that sting goes through their spine and and it registers in their brain. I'm telling you. If you don't want to do the neck, get them right on the ear. Pow! <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my God, y'all. Y'all are funny. Y'all are fucking hilarious, man. We, oh, shit. I was about to try to close out. Here we are. We're still here. All right. I'll take this one more. Okay. It's funny. Hey, Greg, did you laugh as she gets it when she says that? But it is the truth. Like, my baby mama, the youngest one? That's the one that lies. That's the one that can be deceitful. That's the one that, boy, is she a handful, but she's a good kid. You know, right now at the age of 16, when she first turned 16, she got, my my baby got three jobs. You know, she has her business about the same token. She is not beyond the BS. Trust me when I tell you. So, you know, you got to keep an eye on mama. That's what I call my baby. We got to keep an eye on mama. Because mama can be on her bullshit. At 16, she can really be on it, you know. You know, my, my second one, Talisa, she's too old. To, she, she, she too honest. She can't lie. <laughs> she's the girly girl out of the bunch. So, you know, and my oldest one, you know, hey, she can be on her own thing. But, yeah, that youngest one. Oh my God! Yeah, you gotta keep an eye on her. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, y'all scaring the shit out of me now. Y'all are definitely scaring the shit out of me. Listen, take your time. I'm baby. Ready? I'm ready, but y'all scaring the shit out of me. I'm, I'm definitely ready though. I, I need to see this. I need to hear this. So shout out to y'all for being amazing, man. Like, damn, shit, we got another voicemail. How how did this happen, Chan? This is your fault. Let them rack up. So we about to close out the show. So leave all your voicemails. Um, if you like the show, clap it up. Uh, please share it. Don't forget to follow us on Young Black and Bothered with Greg on that podcast. And She Gets It podcast. If you're a parent, you can follow Cozy Womb Podcast on all your podcast platforms. Um, we are here on Wednesdays. Um, days. We are here on Saturdays. Greg will be back here tomorrow with Corey at 6. Is it 6 o'clock? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. So y'all be here tomorrow. Tomorrow's Sunday, right before y'all Monday rush. So he gonna get you correct, but we about to close out this show. Greg, what did you learn? I learned. Um, I that we What happened? I said I learned that I will not be the only parent. Why do you think you're going out every time? I can't hear you, but I'm about to play these voicemails. Okay. So stereo, so stereo, yeah. So stereo tried to censor me for saying what I said. I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> what did you say? What I learned today was 
I am not the only parent that will shoot a motherfucker for their kid. So yes, that is what, not only did I learn it today, but I also learned that there are a lot of men, shout out to all the voicemails, shout out to all the listeners. There are a lot of men that care not only about their children, but the women that they have children with. That made me so happy to hear that there weren't, there was not a single voicemail that we played tonight where there was a guy who said, well, I, I love my kid. I love my, you know, my baby, but my baby mom, she created, there was none of that tonight. So yeah. there, there's hope for the world, but more importantly, there are men in the world that care about the women that they love because of the fact that they are the woman that they love, not just because of the fact that they gave them the child that they love. So shout out to the men for continuously being amazing and shout out to you guys for obviously being a part of the comments, being a part of the stereo live broadcast and a part of the podcast because you need to follow both. She gets it. Cozy womb podcast and young black and Barber. That's all I have to say. Thanks. And, you know, as far as punishment goes, you know, we pay the bill for them, all them iPhones, you know, all my kids got iPhones. I got a total of five in the house. And if I ever want to, like I told my wife, you ain't got to scream. You ain't got to holler. Just stick your hand out and say, give me that phone. It's like taking their life away. Give me that PlayStation. Taking their life away. See, I learned I replace any type of corporal punishment with the word, give me that. Because you ain't paid for it. And until you get yourself together, I gave you that out of love. I can take it away out of love. So let's get that established. And that has been the ultimate punishment. It's like they're going to die. Oh, wow. Yo, you know, I got to I gotta um do something. Only time I had to hit my kids was one time. Mm-hmm. All the other times... The only thing I had to do was just pick up the belt and come in there swinging it. Just swinging it back and forth. <laughs> and everybody goes to sleep. Everybody get quiet. When they see that belt, everything freezes in the house. <laughs> Listen, when I tell you my three-year-old, as soon as she hear the buckles cling together, she's like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they have the sound down. Okay? Oh my god! I don't even oh. pick it up and bring it most times. I just go near it and lift it up so she can hear it because I had enough. Tired of talking. Yeah, I love the show. I get here as much as I can, and uh, shout out to them titties, yo. I appreciate you for coming through. Yeah, Please. Yo, my nigga, for real? I shoot a nigga for yours. You know what it is. <laughs> Absolutely, man. We don't play that shit. We one band, one sound around here, man. If it's Stone said Greg, like, hey, some shit going down. I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with prison. I'm all right. Oh, I know they serve macaroni on Tuesday, so let's go. Yeah, I want to leave my father's favorite statement to us. I made you. So I can get rid of you. And if you don't think I can't do it, I can make another one look just like you. Look uh-huh. at your brother. 
don't know. That, that was his favorite line. I definitely can replace you. But in all seriousness, uh, always great conversation. You guys are the best. Uh, Greg, I'm going to catch you on Monday Absolutely. on the sports desk to leave that Kyrie sighting with you. Yep. But uh, once again, <laughs> thanks for having me. It's always been a pleasure. Greg, you're going to do good. You're going to be great. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Shamik, man. I appreciate that. I do that with my kids too. Soon as um they don't sit down and listen like I told them to, all I have to really say is, "Where's that belt at?" And then they sit down and they be quiet. I hear them. Mhm. Uh huh. Bring me my belt. No, no. Okay, we're gonna clean up. We're gonna do it. Oh my lord! Good show, man. Excellent. Thank you. You all have a good evening. Appreciate you. you Thank you so much. All right. What did I learn? Um, What did I learn? (sighs) People just live out here ignorant and you just got to keep and um, deliberate in the things that you say and addressing people head on with their BS. And once they see that you're not with the BS and you see through their... um, condescending compliments they'll back up okay and uh don't Mm. be afraid to explain to your child why they're different don't be afraid to explain to your child what people will possibly call them when they leave your house because what you don't prepare them for somebody else will tell them the wrong thing Mm. Uh uh-oh talking the truth talking a truth and Thank you for checking out Loud Mouth Stereo. My name is Shan from She Gets a Podcast, Cozy Room Podcast. That is Greg from Young Black and Bothered. Please follow us on all platforms. This whole show will be available probably by Monday. So just mm-hmm. keep an eye for it on either show. Till next time, deuces. All right, y'all. Bye, motherfuckers. <laughs> Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs. Perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription.